Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Already better than Samantha Irvin. It's Aww. your boy. <laughs> John with Dan. And we're doing a hostess ding dong heat of <laughs> here on Pro Wrestling World Talks. The premier pro wrestling podcast hosted by people named John and Dan. Bet you didn't think about that one time. Well, we got a hell of a lot to talk about today. Um, Dan went on a trip. We'll talk about that. Not going to tell you where or what, but it was a royal trip. <laughs> Good front sell. Good front sell there. Yeah. <laughs> he, went to Del, he went to Del Boca Vista. Yeah, and, uh, you, you, you want to get those TSL meters up. So, you know, like we got to be able to front sell this and make sure that people are listening. We're going to wait for this until the 730 hour. We're going to wait for this at the 730 break. That's when the most people are listening. Yes. yes. And uh, so before we start getting into all the shit, Dan, how is Del Boca Vista and are you buying a home? Uh your your wording is priceless. Uh I mean I I have to admit, I mean it's a great complex. It's a definite way of life down there. Um the HOA will be though, next to the Seinfelds. The HOA is a pain in the ass, though. Just a complete pain yeah. in the ass. Hi, <laughs> <Our> Seinfeld. <laughs> you like the pen? <laughs> I don't want your fucking pen. <laughs> like if if um network TV back then could be used like a swear word. I feel like Jerry could have been like, I don't even want the pen. I don't want your fucking pen. <laughs> What's the deal with your pen anyway? Can you, imagine, well. can you imagine if Seinfeld was the first HBO show? Like HBO, like it, it, that was the one that they went with. Instead of going to NBC, went right to HBO. Oh my God. <laughs> it's nudity from everyone but Elaine. Yes, exactly. It's just all three of them would have their dicks out, but Elaine, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Newman. It's a bad time. Wayne Knight shirt cocking it. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, really? She's not going to show anything once. I don't know. Some of Jerry's girlfriends, though, you got to. They, they, well, what about something. the nudist? He had the nudist. Oh, God, that'd be the worst. Oh. Jerry Stiller would yeah. have, like, at least one time for shock value, you'd see George's parents nude, and you'd be like, oh, God. Oh, my well, God. Well, he'd have to be wearing a bro. Yeah, he would. I mean, it would be a great sell. Uh, but <laughs> Kramer, <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> oh, jeez, you guys. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that whole episode where uh, they take their pants off not to get creased. Oh God! <laughs> and the uh, one guy uses Jerry's pants as a napkin. 
Oh my god! <laughs> Before he goes on Jay the Leno. other guy, the other guy. It's my favorite tenor, the other guy. Elaine, <laughs> you ne- you never wanted is... to be the other guy. Like it's no. just, you never wanted, and he was that guy. He was the other. He guy. was the other guy. He wasn't like, Pavarotti. No. I mean, Elaine went through all that work just for him to shit. Well, let's not talk about shit just yet. No, Um, that's coming later. (laughs) Yeah, we first got to talk about, let's get this train back on some tracks here. Um, Let's talk about some news in wrestling lately. Uh, let's do a quick coverage of what I think was one of the finest pay-per-views um, in recent memory. It wasn't great. I, I shouldn't say it wasn't great. It was good. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was in the. It was in the. But not great. Uh, TNA hard to kill. Now, Dan, you didn't watch this, right? I saw bits and pieces. Okay, so you, you at least are aware yes. of some of the things that happened. Yes. So I did watch it. I bought it. Um, I have been a TNA mark for shit. 20 years? I mean, ever since I saw him on TV on Fox Sports, I was like, that's that's my thing now. I loved it there. I thought that was that was such a cool concept they were doing back then with that. Cuz it got me it got me hooked in cuz there was guys like that like Raven is one of my favorites ever. Mm-hmm. Um and so seeing him on TV every week I was just like, well, I got to follow him because he was so so loved his early TNA stuff. So good. Yeah. Um, well, when he did like the Raven's flock Oh, and you know when he became NWA champion for a bit, that was yep. that was so cool. You know, and, he got a world championship opportunities in ECW, but you know he didn't get to hold the big gold belt. Uh, yeah, and that was um, you a Raven Hulk Hogan program would have been money in WCW, absolute money, because you think? I I. Yeah, because you have the anti-establishment that just can't stand. Like, the promos I think would be excellent because Hogan could just... The problem is is that Raven would have to work babyface because he's the underdog, but he's also a representation of that generation and Hogan's the representation of a previous generation. But just True. in a different in a in an entity where it's more truthful than anything, because he's representing corporate the corporate greed the you know greed is good type of established world champion uh, that's been on top forever. And Raven is just like, when's it my time? What about yeah. me? What about there? And that whole what about me? What about Raven thing? That then you have your audience wanting to root for that. What if, what if Jesse Ventura 
did the what about me what about raven promo what about me <laughs> what about me what about raven well i'll what tell you <laughs> what about Crunch? in the jungles <laughs> what about thermite paint <laughs> what, what about, about chemtrails what about the jfk assassination <laughs> and they told us everything about the Gulf of Tonga. <laughs> the war of well, the war of eighteen twelve. Why don't they talk about the war of eighteen eleven? <laughs> that was the war when Navy Shields swam to England. And spied on their government and found out that they were holding aliens hostage in Serbia. All, all JFK had to do was send in the team from Pradada to go up against. <laughs> Where did the you get this in accent? I know, right? It slipped out for a second. Because I'm thinking JFK for a second, it just slipped right out. It just automatically, the the second I'm just... We don't do it because we want to. We do it because it's hard. Jesse, uh, we need to discuss some things. I would like for you to come to the White House so we could talk about some things that have been going on, you know, because that's the Mr. Rumor. Kennedy. It's a rumor that Kennedy was assassinated because he may or may not have known about UFOs. That's why he wanted to go to the moon. Yeah, because he, he wanted to. Well, he also was. If you race. will come down to America from the sky. We'll beat you there and go to the moon. JFK wanted to be like Captain Kirk. He wanted to fuck everything, one, at least one thing on every planet. I think that was his goal. <laughs> like, it, like, and honestly, like, that, that had to have been his goal. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we, I like how we're talking about TNA or trying to. Yes, and, and we're we talking about to, TNA. We're, we're talking about JFK now, <laughs> and now I just threw a Star Trek reference out there. So people are just like, where the fuck did this go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't know either. <laughs> um, no, honestly. I, currently, uh, like hard to kill, right? Right. It was good. It had no reason to be as good as it has been. The last like three years, all of their pay-per-views have been fantastic for the most part. Uh, there is still a, a smaller promotion. You know, I'm not going to call them tiny or any of that shit. I think they're a major promotion. They are. But they're not drawing on the level of an AEW. New Japan, WWE. They're that tier below now. But they drew 1,600 people 
respectable amount of people. Uh, it was their biggest crowd in years. And um, it was a good show. I think that the crowd was hot. They were very into everything they saw. And they had great reaction, great energy from bell to bell. And, um, you know, some some great stories. Um, the System, who's the new group with Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers, gets the win on the pre-show. Pre-show, by and large, you can miss it. You can miss it. The only thing that was cool was Crazy Steve winning the TNA Digital Media Championship over Thomas Dreamer. Um, you see Giselle Shaw do uh, get the win in the knockouts ultimate X match, which it was okay. I think that's being kind. There was a lot of uh, people who were they're great wrestlers. You had Alicia Edwards, Danny Luna, Jody Threat, Tasha Steeles, and the debuting Zaya Brookside mm. in that match. Uh, NXT UK former talent. The problem I had with that match, and Dan, you can interject even without watching it. It's this mentality that I see a lot of wrestlers, Logan Paul, do where they don't sell. They sell for the moment and then run to the next spot. They never want to be out of place. They want to be there, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Pacing-wise, I get it. It just looks weird. Because you just get, you know, dropped off the ultimate X, and then all of a sudden you're up sprinting. You know, it's like... Yeah, that's that's kind of a fall that you should be selling. Like, it's just... um, From the height that you're at... And, you know, you have to take the right bump for that spot just because of the fact that, like, you can't land on your leg or you're going to you're going to hurt it. And it's either going to be out of your leg. Yeah. Kick your leg out of your leg. And so you got to do it flat back, which has got to jolt your system like I you have to look at that. Type of spot and think to yourself, it's got to feel like a car crash because you're you're literally dropping from a height where it's like it, it could only go two ways. You got to do it flat on your back or you got to do it on your chest. Mm-hmm. And if you're a woman, you're not going to want to take the front chest spot um, from that height just because you want to take your back chest reasons. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to take it flat on your back um but from that distance and from that height you know the best option for you to do consider it's a multi-person match take it roll out you're not your next spot's not going to be for another two or three minutes well that's how you have to structure it though right if you're going spot to spot to spot to spot just to make it you know a good match and I put that in very strong air quotes. Um, you know, you're not going to get high Meltzer ratings. You have that's to. That's what you're trying to do. And in those matches, too, 
no one is really taking a loss because you're going up and grabbing an object. So you have to be able to give other people in that match time to look good and to be able to do spots that they want to do. Everybody should be a willing participant and you should go into that with everybody getting at least, you know, the, the people that you probably have two people that you're going to think are battle it out. And let's say it's a six person match. So the, the top two people, they're going to get seven or eight spots in a match of big ones. Right. Yeah. And then everybody else should probably get at least four or five. So that way you give other people a chance to rest, but also you like, of course you're going to do the five on one spot where one person dives and they all fall down like bowling pins and everybody gets a quick little pop out of it. (laughs) But you want to be able to, um, everybody should go into that and look good because, and look better and elevate themselves because they were able to showcase their skills in a matchup. Yeah, they didn't win, but they didn't have to. At least they put on a good performance and every and somebody's going to start talking about them the next day. And maybe they'll sell another 50 shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. Like it's a good <laughs> oh way I look, I no, I'm not I'm not pooping on anybody. I'm not. All I'm saying hey, is Hey, 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 save that, the shit talk. Right. Exactly. Um I'm not pooping on anybody here or i'm not (laughs) i'm not trying to um downgrade uh tna right now and i'm not trying to downgrade any of the talent i'm just saying is is that when you're in a match like that you know you want to be able to showcase enough where you get new fans out of it maybe 50 is down is a down number maybe two or three hundred um, because that's what it's all about. It's trying to be able to in, in those type of matches. It's you got to try to get yourself over, but also get tell the story of what needs to be told. So, yeah, I agree with you. And some of these people need to just take the spot and roll out and let the yep. other performers have some time to shine. Well, it's kind of have breathing room. You know what right. I mean? Let these people sell. Not like a Royal Rumble sell, though. Right. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. Uh, go through this real quick. We had uh, PCO, who had an amazing, just fantastic entrance. Uh, I love what they're doing with him, like this Frankenstein character. He's the best. Uh, well, the monster, you know, if you want to be technical. Yeah. Uh, but he's like 50 fucking five. I know. He rules. And he is literally doing cannonballs onto the hardest part of the ring you know he's doing them to the floor he's doing moonsaults he's doing i don't even know what he's doing it's just baffling how much abuse he's putting himself through and he's what like 10 years younger than sting you know and i'm not saying sting wasn't doing that 10 years ago but but the difference the difference between PCO and Sting is is that PCO, this has been the most successful period of his career. Yes. Like and as far as relevance is concerned. And I'm not again, I'm not trying to knock on his uh his career, but it needs to be called out that this is the last five or ten years 
has been the most successful period in his career. And yes. it's been a very, and it's, uh, you can make an argument. He's had a tremendous run. He's put in hall of fame work. If he was yep. working for another company is, but uh, if he was working for WWE with their hall of fame, but as far as I'm concerned, yeah, like, but I don't think they would be doing or it, allowing him to go out there and. Not to this rest. extent. Like I, I, not to this extent, I think that, but from a pro wrestling standpoint, the character that he's been able yeah. to create, it's fantastic. So, well, because it like it, it it's effervescent, you know. It's, right. It starts with like this, I'm PCO, I'm fucking nuts, and then it's like he gets killed, and now he's like resurrected as this fucking Frankenstein monster, and they go through the whole thing. And they put the, um. Why can't why am I blanking, Dan? <laughs> Battery, uh, the electric, um, like, like yeah, the charge, the the jumper cables. Yeah, yeah. There we go. It's such a you great know, they visual. Put the, <laughs> they put them on him, and then wow, wow, you know, sparks and uh, fireworks, and he gets up from the sheet, and then he's like, you know, I, I, his pop was so huge when they did that at the garden. Um, yeah. for that super show, uh, it was so huge. Like when he came, when he came out and they did that whole entrance with the, and it, you felt like the audience was kind of the ones that were just bringing him to life. It was amazing. Oh yeah. That's great. Uh, so PCO wins, um, but not before some trickery because we get a run in by those people in <clears throat> Dirty Dango's corner and we get a second impromptu match which is Dirty Dango, Alpha Bravo and Oleg Prudius the former Vladimir Kozlov who is now in a Russian militant gimmick oh boy uh, is Oleg Prudius, and he's really doing great. I mean, they took him off the mic. He's silent. He kicks ass. He leaves. That's his job. Um, and you get Rhino, PCO, and Jake something, who has one of the coolest fucking entrances I've ever seen. Rhino comes down the ramp, and then Jake just barrels into the ring dives over the top rope from the ramp and double clotheslines the competitors you know and the front rolls out of that wow. and he's a big dude he's got to be at least six five but he moves effortlessly and to jump over the top rope um sinkara he is not um, well, I should say Jake something Sankara is not because he didn't need a trampoline. He did it flat footed and uh, into the ring he went. So then we had that match matches. And then we have another impromptu match. So kind of odd pacing because you have two matches back to back that um, were not advertised. 
And this is actually a, a, or this was actually an even weirder match, which is, this is for the Knockouts World Tag Team Championship, um, which at the time was held by MK Ultra. Spoiler, spoiler alert. The reason I'm saying it's weird is that, so leading up to this pay-per-view, right, TNA, uh, which just rebranded back to TNA from Impact Wrestling, was putting out videos with the then champions and giving them the brand new TNA version of the belt, right? So they did the, the world championship, the tag team, digital media, uh, knockouts, but they never did the world tag team championship. And so people were like, I guess they're retiring it again. Um, this is the knockouts world tag team. Right. So they announced it did the video and released it during the pay-per-view. So before this, they had the girls backstage with Scott Demore. Here's your new belt. Go out and defend it. And they lost. Oh, God. Uh, It's a choice. It's definitely a choice. Um, And not only did they lose... But they lost, so, okay. Unannounced yeah, match. Oh, God. Surprise reveal of championships. And you have another debut in this match. So you have surprise entrance of Rhino and Jake something, which is a surprise because people weren't expecting both of those guys back for the pay-per-view. So they're back. Surprise six-man match. That ends whole surprise match with the re-debuting decay of Havoc and Rosemary who were working under their other names of Jessica and Courtney Rush as another tag team. And now they re-debut as their dead alter egos, right? Havoc and Rosemary. They win. Great match for what it was. Um, the crowd was into it, super into it. I think that's the only thing that's a both of these matches, right? Because the crowd knew who everyone was. Las Vegas had it going, they knew who everyone was. They cheered them, they said, Welcome back. You know, you still got it, whatever they had to say really good when and you have this this pacing which is literally crowd make or break because if they do the whole who are you type of well folks where's the lie uh flat response (laughs) you're dead you're dead in the water um which i think they might have booked that uh with that thought in mind that, hey, this could be, you know, two dead matches in a row. The crowd might be silent, so let's give them a heater match. Because they did this really awkward announcement um, where they had the president or owner of AAA, you know, Lucha Libre AAA, and uh, they had him come out. And those dudes, like, just dressed like he's you know 
chilling at home in his loungewear. He's just hanging out, jeans, t-shirt, tucked into his jeans. You know, it's just Scott Demore's full suit. Um, here's my thing. They brought him out to announce that DNA has entered into a partnership with AAA. They've already had a partnership with AAA. <laughs> They've had one for years. So it's really not so news. You, no, no. You were bringing out someone yes. to announce the announcement of something they already have. <laughs> and, and it was just a, and they signed a contract too. You know, contract, pen to paper, um, you know, and he gave a promo. Hey, I'm real excited to start this this promotion with um tna acting like black taurus wasn't in decay for like fucking two years right and all this other crap and how many lucha matches that you know have come through their doors especially uh el hijo del vikingo who has been everywhere uh, if you don't know who he is at this point, I'm a little surprised. But <laughs> I would literally assume you only watch WWE. Um, he has been on every freaking broadcast. Everywhere. <laughs> it's uh, actually think, harder to find a promotion without him. Do you think that's uh, that's hurting his appeal just because it's just... Yes. He's a special talent. Uh, yeah, He is. He really is a special talent, but I feel like him working for almost every promotion conceivable right now, except for WWE is, is hurting his brand and his value. Well, it's not even just his brand and value. uh, Cause that's a hundred percent true. He is a me. He's a magician with a very small list of tricks. Right. So the reason I say that is this, right? When you saw, commander come into aew like the first time and he's doing the rope walk spot he's doing this and da 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 my eyes opened and i said i've never seen that before i've seen old school you know from the undertaker but i've never seen a dude sprint the ropes standing on them sprint the ropes switch ropes and then do a moonsault you know, in one continuous motion. Never in my life have I seen that. And I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, you don't watch. You know, I don't watch Lucha Libre often. If I catch it, I'll watch it. But it's not something I seek out. Uh, same with El Hio Del Vikingo. When he had the match with Kenny and he did the inverted 450 through the table, I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. But he did the exact same spot in ROH for Final Battle. He did the exact same spot in TNA. He did the exact same spot on ROH TV, AEW TV again. Every other indie he's been in, he's done that spot. It's the exact same fucking spots with this guy. Every fucking match. And I like him. I like the talent. I think he's going to be great. He's five foot one, maybe. And he's a demon in the ring. Love that for him. 
he just doesn't have the moveset to, su- to support literally being overexposed. No, it's just that's the problem. And no. he should be somebody that's special. Somebody that, because yeah. he, he can do things that really no one else can. But also, you know, there's a term in the NBA called load management. And I hate the term. I hate it. But when it comes to professional wrestling, certain guys need that. He's one of them. He's already in like Kota Ibushi. Those two guys, yeah. they need load management. It's like, all right, you both need to sit the fuck down and listen here, okay? <laughs> Kota all fucking right. blew his ankles out of Yeah, <laughs> it's just, and it's like he hasn't looked the same I know. since he's signed with AEW, and then you see him and Noah just completely break his ankles. It's just like, Jesus, dude. You just had a two-year layoff. You're trying to get like more four more years out of this, like, and it it has to be. No, he's he's not old. His body is forty one. His body, his body on the inside has to look like uh, Matt Harvey's pelvis. Yeah, it's all his bones fused together. They're just they're all fused together in dust. Um, yeah, and it's hard to to watch. You know, it's been hard since he signed with AEW because he's looked washed at certain points. Yeah, and he looked really bad. Yeah, and it's it's to a point where, and I'm sure he's also making a lot of money. And yeah. the fact that Tony Khan has still got to pay him his deal, and he hurt his ankles for Noah, not even his own. I would be furious because well, if you're Tony Khan, like, you really got to start thinking about limiting uh, outside work. I understand partnerships; they don't have right. a partnership with Noah that I know of. The amount of money that he's paying Moxley—it's like you have to look at him and say, "You're fucking not doing GCW." I don't care. Well, I think like, he already did that. Yeah, he had to because it's like, why am I paying you all this money and I see you going through broken glass? It's like, I can't have that, John. I can't. Try me a river, pal. You know, it's like, I can. <laughs> it's like, I can't have you. If you want to work Japan, I completely get it. Like, because, and. Tony's a mark for Japan work anyway, so it's not like um, he's going to say no to him working for New Japan. Plus, he knows it's going to be a certain style. It's not going to be death matches and all that stuff. Because death matches is one thing that I'm worried about because it's just like if you sever an artery like Nick Gage did, like in a field in fucking Maryland somewhere, um, (laughs) you know, like what the fuck? Like, I don't need that. No, I, I think that, you know, uh, letting. OK, so I have two thoughts about this. The first thought is. I love Tony Khan. 
being different. Mm -hmm. Because you could say TNA does it, that's fine. Um, But they allow, this is AEW, they are on a level comparable to where WWE was pre-WCW merger. I'm not talking about fans and, you know, all that stuff. You know, gates and buy rates, all that shit. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is profits, margins. You know, size of company. You know, they're getting $250 million from uh, Turner. And they're probably going to be getting a billion-dollar contract, if not $2 billion because of what Netflix just did for WWE, they have to be compared, you know, comparable. They can't be the exact same. They're not going to put them on max for $5 billion because they're not as big of a promotion as WWE and no one's going to say they are. Tony Khan wants to be, and that's ambitious. That's awesome. His family is worth more money than almost every sports owner domestically. They're like worth $11 billion. And the biggest increase to their family bankroll is AEW. And the success that it had last year, turning like a $150 million profit or something, that's what's being reported. And I know, Dan, you're going to say, no. But that's what's being reported that it was a good year for them. They're not, you're never going to now be WWE. You'll never beat WWE now. You turn that idea completely away. AEW can never and will never beat WWE or even be on their level. They had a chance when they were founded, and that was it. Period. Because that conversation was being had. WWE was in a slump. They weren't doing good work. People hated their product. It was stale. It was ran by not good people. And um, that's not the same idea anymore. You merge with UFC. You now have TKO as a holding company for both UFC and WWE. How would you even think to say that when Dana White, you know, was in a huge fuck Vince attitude, you know, I'm going to be the entertainment supergiant that he quests to be. But now they're the same company. You know, um, different subsidiaries but you know they they have the same board of directors <laughs> you know it's uh it's weird you know it's definitely weird um how this whole decade has turned out for the wrestling landscape because the amount of money that's on the table now for pro wrestling is just mind-boggling I've never seen anything. We're talking like it. $10 never, billion. Never, dollars. I I've never seen anything like it. I I for 
I, I didn't even think it was possible for this type of money to be thrown around because the the biggest thing that killed WCW was they were not advertiser friendly. Pro wrestling has never really been advertiser friendly. It's always been considered low rent. And well, it was kind of um, good old boy entertainment. Right. They never got major sponsorships. I think Slim Jim was... Slim Jim has always been consistent. You know, they never got, like... You go to a boxing event, like a prize fight, or even a UFC event, where the whole ring canvas is just littered with advertisements. WWE... WCW never really had that. WWE, though, the last few years, they've been smart. I still remember the um, famous zombie match that they had. It was voted oh, one of God. the worst matches of the year. And then it was the same thing with that egg. The golden the, egg. The golden egg storyline. Well, I, I think I said it to you. I said, well... Hindsight being what it was, because <laughs> they signed this 10 year, $5 billion deal, which, yes, uh, Netflix can cancel it after five years, but also they have an option to renew it for another 10. Yeah. You could so be talking can, about another 20 years. So they can be on this for 20 years. And I don't see why they would ever cancel it after five years because. $500 million a year for content like that that's consistent every single week. Yeah. And it's not like all you're doing is the platform because they do everything else. Yeah, I mean, it's they, all going to be a WWE brand production. Exactly. So it's like you're, it, you're just allowing, you're just giving them the slot. You're just saying, okay, yeah. you're ours now. Um, it's You're also really gonna... just turning the stream on. That's it. And that is, and plus with writer strikes and all these last year, Hollywood was effed. Like nothing got done for about six months longer. Not anymore. Now, now they're back. Semi-scripted entertainment. But now... These Hollywood production, uh, these networks, uh, these streaming platforms, the last thing they want to do is get their asses caught the way <laughs> in a jam where it's like, we have nothing. We have nothing new coming out. What the fuck can we do? Well, throw money at wrestling. Yeah, people knock it, but still at the same time. It's going to be here next week. It's going to be here fucking five years from now. It's going to be here 10 years from now. There's always going to be a built-in audience of it. Fucking people like us that every other month sometimes um, wanna, we're all looking at each other and we're just like, why the fuck do I keep watching this? And then something else happens where we're just, too, you know, we, we're tuning in again. And it's just like, it. we are the most fickle and self-hatred and self-loathing fan base and, and all of anything because it's just like, did you say fickle 
I did say fickle. fickle. Because because we know with wrestling that things can be good today, but tomorrow things could go to shit real quick. Our just something. Just something that could just ruin your entire like um your entire mind and whole fandom where you're just like, do I really want to keep doing this? Um, yeah. Later in this program, that that that'll be heavily discussed. But uh, you know, it's just unbelievable the amount of money that's being thrown around right now, though. Well, and it's all up for wrestling. It's not even you know, uh, you know, the big four. I know. You know, I mean, we're not talking about MLB streaming rights. You know, not that they would ever you know, give themselves away, but they might. I mean, you know, you're seeing the regional sports channels kind of. Oh, they're, coll- they're collapsing in on themselves. Like just because it's just that market is not there anymore because yeah. except like Nesson um, in this area. Well, Comcast like, sports, not a Comcast, but NBC sports. Yeah, NBC Sports has done well. I think the Yes Network in New York is MSG Network. There's certain ones that just but they're always team owned networks. Yeah, yeah, they're they're always going to be a fixture. Um, the but the way we've seen it with like Diamond Sports Group with Bally's, um, but just having to get bailed well, didn't out they by sell Amazon. Sinclair? Yeah, I think they also, um, and Sinclair, who's had numerous issues this year, well, the last couple of years, um, ever since the pandemic, they have just been, they have not recovered well from that. And then I guess Bally's, that whole thing, they got bailed out by Amazon. So now Amazon is kind of venturing a little bit into the regional sports network model, which I mean, you have to kind of the, the thing that kills major league baseball is their blackout system. And, but I, all networks are like, but they, they all do it to some extent, you know, but baseball especially is terrible for it because mm-hmm. more people would subscribe to MLB TV or all these things. Like well, the NFL T-Mobile is smart gives about it to you for free every year. I, I know. And then the, the, I mean, the NFL is smart about it because, you know, look at what they've done with YouTube now. Who they were they direct TV. Them? Yeah. They went on YouTube. That was brilliant. And it's just like, we're going to charge this much money and people are going to still do it. Are you kidding? I have how access to every NFL. I forget how much they made, but I'm sure it's just, it's enough for, you know, that's their whole year. Like, <laughs> like literally your whole year is made by three months. <laughs> 18 this, weeks. Ready? Q3. They made $8 billion. Q3. Wow. Last year. Okay. Just YouTube. We're not talking Google. We're just talking YouTube. Okay. 
I wonder if they're going to start cutting they're... better checks to these content creators. <laughs> <laughs> their Q4, $9 billion. Q4. $17 billion right there. I mean, that's... In revenue. Okay, total revenue. They made $15 billion in 2023. That's revenue. Yep. Okay, we're not talking about gross earnings like I was just talking about. Um, that's up fivefold since 2019. Crazy. That's insanity. Crazy. They're paying the NFL $2.5 billion a year for their set, a, for the Sunday ticket. And they made a massive profit. Massive. YouTube premium memberships. This is as of uh, November 2022, so a year plus, but they had 80 million paying subscribers. Or YouTube premium. That doesn't include YouTube TV. As of June 2022, uh, YouTube TV had 5 million subscribers. So, expectations are that obviously their revenue model for subscriptions has increased. Uh, their subscription numbers have probably increased just going off of numbers fivefold. You know, in a four-year um, window, they're built. Their Q4 ad. This is just ad revenue was nine point two billion. Okay, ad revenue was nine point two billion. It's not including any other revenue. That's fifteen point five percent year over end. Wow, increase. You're talking about that super giant giving out rights deals to the NFL that, that are what 10 times the size of what WWE got from Netflix pretty much per year yeah and um, so you think that's that... just a dip our toe in the water type of money right is this going to be profitable you said they have 5 years to tell it'll it'll be fine does Debbie, does WWE get a uh a seat at the table after those five years? I don't know. I don't I I don't know how the contract is written. <clears throat> Can they renegotiate and say five years of this amount of eyeballs and then two years from now they had the potential to sell the network to them. Yep. Which they did everywhere else in the world. So it would make the most sense. So that, and that also is going to add on, pad on to that deal that they already have. So probably another half a billion dollars there. So between that and what they're going to make from CW and also from the USA Network for SmackDown, um, just in their TV money, they could be approaching the $1.4, $1.5 billion just from their TV money in the next, yeah, in just the next three years. So here's something for you. We're just talking about Monday Night Raw. 
Okay, this right. was broken down. Um, I was watching My World, uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast with ad-free shows, Conrad. <laughs> uh, Same with Conrad.com. <laughs> like clockwork. Roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> my father-in-law is Rick Flair. Just in case you forgot. In the mortgage world and in the podcast world, Conrad is the name. In the wrestling world, which we haven't even finished Hard to Talk, Hard to Kill yet. I know. Con is the name. Because Nick Khan has increased WWE's revenue. He has gone to a whole different ballgame. A whole different thing. He is leasing. He is selling. He is uh, getting content right deals up the ass. He's selling, you know, it's like MLB. Oh, you want part of our jersey? Which, fuck you, MLB. Fuck you, NHL. Fuck you, NBA. Is nothing sacred anymore. I don't want ads on a jersey. This isn't FIFA. No. This isn't the MLS. If you want that, go to the WNBA. You know why I always laughed at the WNBA? Oh, not laughed, but I had an understanding in my head about their jerseys having ads. Because they aren't profitable. No. Ads pay for your your players they're not there they have it's the only sports organization that's never drawn a dime it's always running at a deficit yeah you know who else didn't draw a dime jeff jarrett, jarrett. and when i was watching this <laughs> podcast uh they broke it down that raw per week is 10 million dollars million dollars revenue just for showing up the cash register goes ding 10 million thank you dna's best year was 50 million tony gone bought potentially bought ring of honor for 10 million dollars right some say even eight hundred thousand. WWE just for showing up each week with their trucks gets ten million dollars outside of the gate. Think about it like this: they bought the rights to WCW and ECW for I think a round five million dollars combined. Combined. Also, I'm I'm watching this match. While we're talking about this, it's RVD and Swerve. versus Swerve, yeah, which is just fucking cool. Uh, Van Dam looks great. Oh, you know his last. Oh my a, god, Ageless Wonder. Just he's one of those guys that he's even in his fifties, he can still go. Yeah, and he looks great. He does. He looks fantastic. I mean, he's in the same shape he was in back in 2002. I know. Not an ounce of fat. Well, he's got, you know, baby gut. Yeah. He's got, he's got bloat. But he's still in, in great shape. Hey, he still fits in the singlet. Yeah. You know, he's ripped. His, his arms are massive. 
definitely he's, ac- don't. he's actually going to be in my area in March. I'm thinking about going to meet him. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, do it. I mean, ECW was your promotion, right? It was. No, that was... Um, I can relate with the AEW fans because on, on this, because when I was, um, I, I'm talking about the, the, the AEW diehards is, is what I mean is that, um, you know, that they're ECW. That's how I felt. Like I even had to get a goddamn tattoo of the companies to prove that to people. I'm just like, cause I was so into that, company and i was 17 when they went under so but you know ecw was the promotion that got me to love wrestling so i started with wwf like i think everybody we all did yeah um you know fell in love with the rock fell in love with undertaker fell in love with stone cold um but then I remember watching, just like flipping through channels while I was on vacation, and I saw WCW. And the reason I stopped is because of Jeff Jarrett and those fucking yellow glasses. I loved it. Jesus so I'm walking out with the guitar, the yellow glasses. <laughs> I said, this dude looks cool as hell. And then he hit someone with a guitar, and I said, this is the best thing I've ever watched. <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett became it for me. I didn't care about fucking Goldberg. I didn't care about work rate. I cared about people getting hit over the head with guitar. It was and, a fun, uh, it was I, a fun I, gimmick, I'll admit. Like it, it was I I thoroughly enjoyed when he hit people with guitars. Like I always I still loved do. It. I love it. Love it. It gets a pop from me every single time. It does. Especially that one on the hog that he did. The one he did on Hogan in Japan was hilarious. Like that was, that was one of my favorite ones ever. He just burst into this press conference. Wham! Bam! <laughs> Arrive, guitar, leave. Yeah. He cashed uh, in all his frequent flyer miles to do it. I'm just like, you're you are a badass. He probably paid for a second seat just for yeah, the guitar. Just for the guitar. It's a one-way trip. He don't need a return. For t- he don't need a return ticket. <laughs> right. Well, that was a weird spot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so huge derail. Thank you, fans, for paying attention with us. And but that's why you love us. Staying with us. Right? <laughs> this, the, the, this us. For a One of the two. Yeah, love us, hate us. <laughs> We're here, baby. <laughs> um, so we left off on El Hio del Vikingo. That's what led us down <laughs> this road. <laughs> Chris Saban defeats him and Kushida in a three-way for the X Division Championship. The debuting free agent, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, uh, Alex Hammerstone gets defeated by Josh Alexander in what I thought was a hoss match and a half. Um, one of the longest, the second longest match on the card. I'm looking at the times right now. Fifteen. Surprised that I'm, I'm surprised that that um, that Hammerstone on a debut took the L. I was like, what? He looked That's, great. 
yeah, he did. But you know, usually when you lose in your debut, though, it's like, eh. Well, I sold free agent. He didn't yeah, sign. That's he true. Signed, I told you, I think I said it to you the same night ago. If he had signed, he would have went over. Probably. You're right. But uh, next match ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, Bullet Club, uh, defeat the Rascals. Uh, Laredo Kid and Mike Bailey, who Laredo Kid was a last second ad take on the grizzled young vets as well who are debuting and signed to tna and lose uh they got a lot of hype prior you know pre-pay-per-view you know about their signing and they got promo time a lot of promo time and they still lose to abc um <laughs> the match that I wanted to do this for was next because it leads really into everything else. Jordan Grace uh, defeats Trinity for the TNA Knockouts World Championship. This was a call your shot championship match from Grace. Um, Super, super amazing match. Uh, Trinity looked great in defeat. Jordan Grace looked massive in victory. Uh, we'll talk about everything after this, but Moose defeats Alex Shelley for the TNA World Championship. And this was Moose's Feaster fired world title match redemption. Uh, they went over 21 minutes, and I loved every second of it. Moose is in the best shape of his career. He is shredded. Oh, yeah. Alex Shelley is living his dream. I think for 20 years, he said to himself, self, uh, what do I have to do to get my recognition, to get my flowers for what I've done for this company and so many others? And uh, Scott Demore, that's all I can say. Right. Scott Demore has turned this company around. He took something that was the butt of every internet joke, any forum, LOL, TNA, what's so-and-so doing in the impact zone. He has turned that into praise. And not just praise from the internet fans, praise from the industry as well, which leads into the other conversation for uh, pay-per-view of the month the royal rumble that just happened that little that little uh pay-per-view that signals we are on the road to wrestlemania and uh well dan you were there i was i was yes so i want to hear your perspective of the matches because i want to give you my perspective as someone watching it at home okay um so going in with knowing the card the way it was going to go with the women's match first um you kind of went into it thinking 
because there's all the rumors that's been going on with Mercedes slash Sasha, and maybe it would be in the Naomi, which turned out literally right away. They let you know that Naomi was back when her music hit. The place went nuts. Like everybody was excited to have her back. Um, How was her entrance live? Fantastic. She's always I. She has one of the better entrances in pro wrestling. Um, but yeah, when you actually see it live, it is fantastic, you know, and I think everybody was really excited to have her back. Um, the place went nuts when she came out, um, the welcome back chants were all over. And I was, I even popped too when she came out cause it was, it was good to have her back. Um, but and you were on the floor, right? Yes, it was. Um, oh, wow. and they, uh, it, but also at the same time, you're in that audience and you can tell when they they know if she was in TNA, which she did a lot of great work in TNA. Some of her best of her career, I felt like match was. Yeah. And, you know, because she's always had this great gimmick where you love it, but at the same time, you know, you wanted to be able to see her do more in ring work and i feel like tna has kind of given her that that opportunity in her career well i think it's like a confidence yes yes she's i feel like now she's going into this company and going back with a lot more confidence in her career and jimmy's also in a good place too where i think uh or she's married to jimmy right jay jay Jay? jimmy i think it was jay okay um he's married to an uso <laughs> yes married to an uso um but she now is also in a position to where she probably never really wanted to leave but felt like she I was don't... disrespected um and did you ever see her performing in another company no because she was they kind of just brought her in and it is uh, fact-checked uh, as uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had to keep looking at it. But yeah. <laughs> I figured it was Jimmy. Um, she uh, she was one of the fun- Funkodactyls, I believe. So she, she kind of... She was a Funkodactyl camera. Yeah, and so she really kind of got brought in and and another one of these during that era where it wasn't about wrestling ability it was about you know looks personality stuff like that for women oh you you smile great okay yeah um well and naomi's not young to get this rejuvenation she's gonna be 37 this year just turned 36 which i'm not saying that's a death sentence believe me but the women historically do not go as long as the men can uh that's true i mean you look at like trish stratus she retired rather early in her career same thing with lita yeah they both they they both relatively dipped out it's an anomaly with like natalia neidhart how natalia's closed in on almost like 20 years uh do i see like Charlotte, even though she re-signed a con, she re-signed her contract. Um, 
she'll be around for a few more years after she gets an injury. But Becky's contract's coming up. Like, is she going to be yeah. sticking around? She's 37, um, 38. Yeah. It, it's just, they, it, it's rare they go past 40. Yeah. Some of them don't even make it past 35. And that's no fault of anyone's. You know, no. It's not an indictment. It's just the fact of life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but I she did get a really good reaction. And I yes, a friend should. of a friend of mine texted me too with um when Jordan Grace came out that the crowd yep. went mild. And I'm just like, yeah, I wouldn't say that. There was still a big reaction when she did come out. Um I don't think it was it, it probably didn't pick well up on TV, but of course, also they were it at did. home. Um, I felt like though that she definitely not even got, a good dome. Yeah, goddamn Trump. We'll I, get to I, that. I, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but it it I did enjoy. I I enjoyed the women's match a lot. I felt like this was one of the better women's Royal Rumbles. Um. It had a great story with Bailey throughout the whole thing. Jade coming out was fantastic. Um, that got a really huge pop in the building. Everybody was, yeah, especially when her and Bianca kind of faced off. Everybody, the like, you could just feel it the building. Like this is what people want. They want to see it now. Um, Liv Morgan coming out at thirty, I thought was kind of going to get the Rey Mysterio effect from like twenty fourteen because of uh, all the yeah. Sasha and Mercedes rumors, but that didn't happen. Um, I, there was a kind of a, we want Sasha chance. There were, there it was, was like a, a smattering. It was a tepid pop, but it wasn't like a, like all booze and all that stuff. People wanted her to come out. Um, Cause everybody is boo earns. Boo earns. Yeah. Everybody wants as soon as Bailey won, nobody gave a shit that Sasha wasn't there. Like everybody in the building was just like happy that she won. Um, and again, that's going to be a fantastic story because we kind of know where it's going. She's going to go with EO. It's it's has to. It, it has to. It's going to be like Batista in two thousand and five, but they're going to do it in the women's side, which I think is fantastic. Bailey's earned this right to, you know, she, she has been one of the most consistent performers in the company, especially when she turned heel. Um, she's done a job pretty much for everybody that they've asked her to do. And she deserves to get her flowers. And I think be one of the most compelling characters in the industry because she has, there were times when she was the goody two shoes with the, you know, the wacky waving flight with the tube men, where I was just like, this is going to be her career. And I said, it's just, you know, I, I hope that she's going to be able to have longevity because I don't know if this character is going to be able to. And then she turned heel and she has been fantastic. I didn't want Jade to win. I was just happy that Jade was kind of in the final three, final four. Um, yeah. You know, Liv would have been nice too. But I felt like it was the story with Bailey because everybody was kind of guessing that this was kind of the direction they were going. Uh, 
or her and Becky, because there's the rumors that Becky and Rhea is going to be a thing, which, of course, we still have Elimination Chamber to kind of tell where the road to WrestleMania is going. But no, everybody wanted Bailey. Everybody was excited. Um, the Sasha thing, I think, at that point, everybody was like, mm, okay. Like, yeah. We're all right with this. Well, they had... I think what saved them is the insane performance from Jordan Griffiths. Oh, yeah. They treated great. her like a star. They treated her like one of their, yeah, like one of their yeah. own, like a star. Absolutely. They treated her like a top, top person and to have her. Which she is. Uh, well, she, yeah, absolutely yeah. is. But for WWE to acknowledge that is. Uh, Uncharted territory. Um, different company now. Very different company. Um, and we'll see how much more different it will be. But so we already started kind of uh, getting on the fallout from the Rumble. But let's just go through the Rumble real quick. Uh, kind of do some highlights for everybody in case they missed it. So the competitors for. Uh, the women's rumble over Natalia and Naomi one and two, which Natalia is always a safe rumble. For oh yeah, she's just uh, put her in for twenty minutes. She won't get gassed. She'll make everyone look good. Right. She just can't do anything herself. But no fault of her own. She's a great base. Um, Natalia, Naomi, and then you have Bailey come out. Who she lasted for over an hour. So did Naomi. The Iron Lady. <laughs> yeah. Hour three, um, which the match went for an hour five, so two minutes, right? Was all Bailey didn't survive actually a minute 57, to be very technical. Um, uh, Candace LeRae, then you have Jordan Grace, yeah. Candace LeRae got for no, minutes. Candace LeRae got no reaction. Okay, now we'll talk about this real quick, uh, yeah. for a very, very short detour. Yes. Do you know why she didn't get a reaction, Dan? And this is going to be a conversation uh, going down the list. She's not booked. <laughs> no, it's not just that. Yeah. Uh, theme songs in WWE. Oh, they're terrible. Are so generic. I know. It's bad. There's nothing that says, and 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 the video board they had, dismal. Yeah. You have no Tron, nothing. You have just these two little uh, LED strips that say their names. Yep. Which would work in any other generation because they had fucking theme songs. Exactly. Could you tell Stone Cold a mile away? Could you tell Trish Stratus a mile away? Yep. Lita? China, Sable, yes. Everyone had their own touch, their own plan. No one sounded like someone else, and it wasn't goddamn fucking generic dance music or rock music or whatever they think music is. Every single goddamn lifeless song. 
that these these people i think it's a deaf rebel it's a deaf rebel i don't know who the fuck and i don't care <laughs> that these people put out it's abysmal it is you're in a company who is making stars finally and i don't even know when the stars are coming out <laughs> you have light pollution all over and the light pollution is generic theme songs right i can't see the stars honey well that's because your theme sucks it's so true no it's a hundred percent right i mean um there were times that i was even figuring trying to figure out who came out you know because the, there's so many uh, there's some of them that do have very recognizable like Shotzi has a recognizable theme song sure you know uh, bailey does too i couldn't tell like, you what it is yeah it, it's just well it starts with like a chainsaw so that that's why oh, it yeah. makes it distinctful um but no that candace LeRae came out and i was just like is that sonia deville like it's just it's just it's sonia deville's her but at the same time i'm like is she coming out like i didn't know and yeah. um yeah the other part that the other part about it is is that they tell you the numbers all the time on tv they they hammer it and number 20 you know like if you lose track number wise when you're there you're fucked because you're just like uh what who's coming out now shit who's been eliminated (laughs) uh you're what i had to it took me a little bit to kind of catch up and then i was watching the end of it and then how i would figure out that there was no number 30 is if all of a sudden, 90 seconds, two minutes later, I'm like, well, nobody else is coming out. So I guess it's the end. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it they did make it a little stressful as far as that point of like, who's out? Who would number is this like shit? But they got to get better with that. They do. So, yes. Um, then Jordan Grace. Indy Hartwell with another forgettable theme song. Yep. Asuka with the worst. Remix. downgrade to a theme song ivy nile i could care less about ivy nile <laughs> generic short muscle woman number five <laughs> whatever don't care she's with i think the creed brothers i believe keep so chase you whatever keep keep her there <laughs> exactly let them be the forgotten diamond mine or whatever the best part of diamond mine that says adam now okay um and the other best part of diamond mine is trying to pick up chris statlander so, <laughs> stokely hathaway for those who don't know uh he's he, he's amazing he's a menace i love the guy uh katana chance couldn't tell you <laughs> her just her, a tag team champion just recently the tag team champions yeah yeah it's casey cantazaro from american ninja warrior and they have the extension in her hair that looks like the ponytail princess jasmine in aladdin but it's on the side of her head 
and it's just so out of place. It's this big, blonde, like yellow, not blonde, but yellow uh, segmented ponytail. And it doesn't go with anything else. It's not like she has like seven of them in her hair. It's just one out of his big, thick, yellow ponytail. Uh, more side thing. I don't know. Pigtail. Maybe we would call that a pigtail. I don't know. Braid. She did a thing. She was somehow in there for almost half hour. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Bianca Belair looks strong. She was in there almost an hour. Kyrie Zane with the worst elimination I have ever seen in a Royal Rumble. Did they show, like, did you see how she got eliminated live? No, I did not. Okay. Kyrie tried to be Kofi. They're trying to make a new Kofi. Oh, okay. Because Kofi said the Kofi spots retired. They had her hang from the side of the ring because she's tiny. Mm-hmm. So they had her stick her hands underneath the videotron on the side of the ring. Yeah. And then brace herself with her shoes on the videotron. Like to Jerry's spider or tarantula. Sorry. Um and they have, you know, probably someone got in Michael Cole's ear and they're like, really sell it. You know, she's going to do something cool. And Cole's like, yeah, Kyrie, she's sick. She's somehow not eliminated. And then all of a sudden her hand slips and she falls. Yeah. And Cole in the same breath goes. But I guess she couldn't hold on. <laughs> And that was that. It was the biggest poo-poo. Oh, I said the word. Um, <laughs> it was just it. It it was not forgettable. Uh, Tegan Knox came out, um, kicking ass. She was in there for a minute. Couldn't tell you that she had a a, a theme song because again. They're so generic. Uh, so generic. And here comes Caden Carter, the uh, tag team partner of Katana Chance, because they had to do alliteration for their tag team names. Get it, Casey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get me off. Uh, Chelsea Green. Uh, or should I say Chelsea? Um, she looked good. She was surprisingly good. Um, she has been. She has been one of the most underrated characters that they've had going lately. Well, yeah, since she came back. Yeah, she has been great. Like I think the night she came back, she did like this whole uh, Karen spot, and everyone like jumped on it. And her and Piper Nevin have been a great tag team as well, too. Have they? Yeah. Okay. Just because I haven't been watching like every week, so I understand. Taking neither have I. Opinion. 
but I have at least watched like promos and that type of stuff, the work that they oh, I see. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, she looked good uh for her brief time in the ring, 17 minutes. Piper Niven came out after her, so you had the tag team there. And they did a um uh, roundabout spot where one wanted to eliminate the other and they you know tried to play it off like it was a joke. Um but then you had them getting eliminated by Nia Jax, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. All <laughs> uh, right. Zia Lee. Yeah. Is still employed. Um, yeah. She had a storyline, I think, never. <laughs> she has her storyline is her entrance. She yes. comes out with like uh Raphael's size from Ninja Turtles and you know I think there's size I don't know that's it I don't know <laughs> she comes out with some weapon and I know it sounds insensitive to me but it's, it's so forgettable um <laughs> Zelina Vega comes out next 20 minutes flat no eliminations the compiler just there doesn't do anything. Yep. Nope. She was just sitting there watching for a spot, which was her elimination. Um, <laughs> because the 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 best competitor was next. I shouldn't be mean. It was Maxine Dupree. How was she received? What? Um, I'll, I'll be honest. She was part of that, um, that group that kind of got, oh, she's with Chad Gable and the rest of them. Like, yeah, used to be Matt used to be with Max Dupree, you know, like a little smattering. There were certain ones that they really didn't get much of a reaction. And she was, in that well, she looked like shit live, uh, through the TV because she had a spot. And I feel bad. I feel bad for her. Right. It got botched hard. Yeah. She just looked like the moment was too big. Mm-hmm. She warhorsed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she just looked like um, the moment was too big. Michael Cole another time uh, where they had him start talking her up and then he just had to really go off live and be like and she got none of that (laughs) (laughs) smart smart Cole is funny he is so funny I love unironically Michael Uh, Nia Jax was next god they hate her I hate her so much. You know what, though? I'll be honest. She has performed reasonably well. I thought she's gotten a lot better since she's come back. Like, she's more fine. She's had some really good matches, too. Um, And she doesn't have to do much to just get so much goddamn heat. Yes. Um, 
which is something you want. I don't think it's go away heat. I think legitimately it's just because she provides a need for the industry in the sense of that she can be a monster. Like she can be somebody like a, a kind of, and I hate to, to call her that because it's just like, as, as far as a woman is concerned, whether like she's very pretty, she's a very pretty woman. Um, is she? Yeah, I think so. Sometimes you have to open your minds a little bit. Hey, uh, are you calling me close minded? <laughs> no. Yo, I'll call you a fascist, you pig. No. <laughs> I think you're pretty in a wig, Dan. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> the wig, uh, um, no, but I, I I like Naya. I like the character. Um was just the fact that she's, she just doesn't give a shit. Like she yeah, just dude, doesn't she's... care. Which is something I, I don't appreciate. Even know if it's that. I think she cares a lot. Which I think is she the ca- worst part. But, but I think she's really tried. Like I feel like on the second run, she's really, really tried to actually get better. Um and not trying to fucking hurt people all the time and having like a D causing DL lists like the size of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Stop injuring people. <laughs> I don't want to fear for every wrestler in a rumble match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I feel like you're gonna Vince tear everyone's quads. Ah! <laughs> um, Shotzi, speaking of. Uh, Chainsaw Charlie came out next with her tank. And uh, Becky came out next. Becky had... Becky will always get a big pop, and if she doesn't, Um, then I think she retired. Yeah. She deserves a pop. She's great. She is. Um... She did a lot of laying around, you know, she's kind of laid, laid on the mat, kind of by the ropes. She got an elimination. That was Chelsea Green. <laughs> she was there. Um, The big hoss, though, was was Naya, eight eliminations. Yep. So good for her. Um. She was running through everybody and okay. We'll get to it. Um next we have Alba Fire. <laughs> and all Cole had to say was, I think she's a witch. <laughs> he didn't know what the hell to say. No. Because she again debuted as a storyline to fuse the uh, women's tag team championships, the NXT and main roster. And then they just catering you go. Right. 
Shayna Baszler comes out next. She's in catering hell. Um, next was Valhalla. Oh. Former Sarah Rowe. <laughs> and uh, the most memorable part of her being in the Rumble was Michael Cole um, saying she better have the antlers. <laughs> and popping himself because she had the antlers. <laughs> so she comes out with the antlers. Uh, Our truth comes out and stops her entrance. <laughs> Puts himself in the women's Royal Rumble. Gets eliminated. And then Valhalla meets him on the, the ramp. Breaks character. All the mystique of her. Uh, and proceeds to say, hey, you stole my spot. I'm mad, girl. And in a, a quick succession, it goes like this. R-Truth gets in ring. R-Truth eliminated. R-Truth speaks to Valhalla on ramp. R-Truth goes blah, 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 blah. Valhalla goes blah, 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 blah. She goes into ring five seconds later with the camera still angled on our truth from the ramp. You see Valhalla go up over the ramp, the ropes and splat onto the ground. And Michael Cole goes. And there Valhalla went. <laughs> <laughs> and at least she had the antlers. At least she had the antlers. Yeah. He, he even made it into a joke of um, maybe the antlers weren't a good luck charm. <laughs> For some reason, he's just popping himself with these antlers, and probably because her character work is abysmal. Um, yes. she's supposed to be the the brooding um, Viking, you know, and back up the Viking Raiders and her husband and cool stuff. Uh, but she just kind of really she's there impressed me in the ring. Yeah. yeah. How is she live? Well, how is that whole thing live? Um, I think our truth kind of saved her spots just because of the fact that she was getting the little to no reaction. And then all of a sudden, our truth came up, and everybody was just like, "Ah!" Like, because everybody, our truth is just hysterical. Number one, he's comedy gold. Um, My bad. Everything, everything he's done uh, as of late especially with the Judgment Day, has just been yep. just sheer comedy gold. You've enjoyed that. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people that are as well. I Maybe not you. you. can't enjoy it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The way that you're just like, you enjoy this. And it's just like, it, it's just funny. Like, it's just, it's supposed to be funny. It's going to be interesting yeah. too. Um, if, 
that I think they're getting because they teased at the Rumble. Um, but it'll be interesting. We'll get to that later. But yeah. um, I think he's going to get a really nice, good payoff with this whole story. It's kind of like almost like how they, yeah, we'll get to that later. But no, I think he's hilarious. He's been on a roll right now. At 50 some odd years old, too. I know. Next, we get uh, Meechin, the sadly renamed Maya Yim, uh, or Mia Yim. Um, I feel like you could do a Keith Lee tweet about her. If what I'm hearing about Mia Yim is true. Keith, Keith, Keith Lee is not going to say do any of those fucking tweets anymore. Never. Like, it doesn't matter because he's just every day that Gunther is holding on to that Intercontinental Championship, he's literally just kicking himself in the ass. He's just like, yeah. oh my god. Well, to be to be fair, Gunther Stark was a pretty fucking dumb name. Um, no, I agree. Nazi, Nazi. Uh, Comparisons aside, or not comparisons, but affiliations aside. Uh, I, I liked Walter. I still do. I think Gunther is a cool name. Or Gunther. Gunther. No, I, 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 I did like Walter. I'll be quite honest. Walter, I thought, was the better name. But I, I like Gunther, too. Well, you know, I loved Gunther because, or not Gunther, Walter, because I, I could always just do the Big Lebowski, Walter, <laughs> and uh, that always bothered me. Anywho, uh, next in our theme song, Hell, Zoe Stark. Thoughts? No one cared. <laughs> I don't care about her in the least. Didn't care. No one cared. Couldn't care. Couldn't care. Uh next we have Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy. People cared about uh, Roxanne. Like they really do. I, I think. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think she's young enough now where people are just like we're not ready to see you yet, but oh, you know, that's a nice little spot. Um, I think the debut of the night was Jade Cargo. She oh, was next. fantastic. That building she got three went, eliminations. That building went nuts. Yeah. My only gripe was this. And it, it kind of made like a conspiracy theory in my head. <clears throat> you know, um, she wore the exact same ring gear that she wore in AEW. Mm. She used nearly the same song that she used in AEW, mm. even with the storms of brewing or storm is coming or whatever. Uh, she says at the beginning. She, her entrance looked almost identical to her presentation on AEW. Mm -hmm. Everything was the same. Mm -hmm. 
Like, did she sign with WWE? Or did she sign with AEW? And this is like their new partnership. Get get Jade Cargill into WWE as like this sleeper agent. And then Tony Khan comes on WWE programming. Coked out of his mind, white claw in hand. You know, as this uh, surprise. I'm the only con in this professional wrestling. (laughs) Uh, You might be a con, but I'm the real con. I don't know. He, uh, that would be funny. Like if if all of a sudden it's like a Trojan horse type situation. Um, I, I think she got a very big reaction. Um, and I understand your, I wouldn't say gripes, but I would, your observations about yeah. how that her presentation is almost identical, identical from what she was in AEW. Yeah. It's the fact that people, I think, and, and I'm not the only one that, that felt this way, that when she was in AEW, she was in the wrong company because you just look at her, you see her style in the ring, and it's just, she's WWE. Like, she was, AEW was always, I think, built on, we like workers, we like people that are competent in the ring, and the big knock on Jade was, she has a million dollar look, but she needed a lot of work. And and she still does. And she still does. She had a great performance the other night, a great sample size. But she still needs a lot of work, which is why I'm happy she didn't win. Even though I didn't know, I, I had no, I never thought she would ever really win the match anyways. So I thought yeah. I was safe from that. But I thought she would at least debut and she had a debut. People were happy with it. People were happy seeing her. Um, so let's see where that goes down the line, like um, with with her. Um, but I, I thought it was a really good performance from her. Well, she was safe. Yes. You know, and everything they did was attraction. Okay. They did the spot with her picking up Naya. That was a long time spot, right? It had her holding that pose for a good 25, 30 seconds and kind of stomping her around and uh, eliminating her and Mm. um, all of that. You had her do the big boot. You had her do, you know, heavy moves, right? And the same thing with Jordan Grace. You had her and Bianca do crazy spots and Bianca eliminating Jordan Grace with her KOD. It was a super KOD because it was on the hardest part of the ring. Right. Um, That was the only way that Jordan was eliminated because she was just throwing people around. And that's actually, I think, uh, it sucks to say this, but WWE through Jordan Grace to the Wolves 
full knowing that the girls that she was beating the shit out of are no ones. Right. You know, everyone but like Bianca. Because uh, once she got with Bianca, she looked like a star. She did. Both of them did. Yes. And same with her and Natty, same with that, 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 you know, that. it goes on, right? But Jordan, I've never seen someone get that respect who's not signed to a WWE. Because they even said, like, Mickey James did that spot where she's TNA. Right. Knockouts champion, but she was impact, whatever. Okay. Um, she was in and out. You know, I think she did her parading and grandstanding and then right. someone threw her out. No, but Jordan got her chance to shine. I mean, and she yeah. absolutely killed it. She um, did. And I've always felt that she was another one, just like Jade, where I look at the body type and I look at the work and I'm like, that's that's WWE material right there. 100%. Um, and Jordan Grace is far less green. Oh, yeah. She's ready to go. She's ready to go now. Um, But I respect the fact that she's wanted to get better. That's all she's done last five years. What a trajectory. She was in the original All In. Right. She was. She was there. Um, (laughs) Just like. And I remember. Just like somebody that's working. Just like someone that's working death matches now because they can't get booked anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good impossibly know. Yeah, there's a couple of people. One guy with a uh, penis druid of some kind. <laughs> if you buy the uh, DVD sold by AEW, that entire portion is edited out. You know, just like uh, BT episodes that he was involved in. Gone. Gone. Well, the episodes are there. But Joseph Ryan is not included. Same bye bye. Yep. Um. Oh, where are we at here? Uh, Tiffany Stratton. Great reaction. Great reaction. Huge. Never scream again. She's she um, like sh- 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 really scream. She's a star, though. Huge. Like she's got all the star potential and look. She's perfect. Everything. All go up and down the checklist. Yes. She's ready. And uh yeah, Liv Morgan, uh, which we already talked about her, so really nothing much else. Uh Bailey wins. It was a great ending. Yes. And you said it was great live. It was. People were really uh, into Bailey winning. So I think, um, like I said earlier, I said, um, I think that there was a smattering of people that wanted to see Sasha come back, but they weren't, they weren't disappointed, disappointed. Like I've seen in like 2014 um, with Daniel Bryan in that situation. I think everybody was kind of just like, Hey, you know, like, um, Oh, well, but we're we're happy Lib's back. Um, 
I was surprised there wasn't more kind of an influx of newer talent uh, or a, a, another surprise or two. Um, the Sasha stuff slash Mercedes. It's been very inconsistent as far as the reporting is concerned. The last two months, I have heard everything from like, she is going to be signing with WWE. She's going to AEW. She's going back to Japan. She's going to AEW. She's going to be at the Rumble. She wasn't at the Rumble, but she's going to be on Dynamite on Wednesday. She wasn't at the Rumble. She wasn't on Dynamite this Wednesday, but she's going to be on Thursday. Like all this stuff, all this stuff just going on where you're just like, what? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if, I, I think even the crazier thing with like Mercedes is she seemingly doesn't give a shit. No, she doesn't. She doesn't, she care. doesn't care. She's just letting the the dirt sheets run wild. Which I mean, that works in your favor because wherever she's going to go, she's going to get big buzz. Um, but you know, there is the there is the factor of just you're not debuting at the right, like at the right moment. And you can really cool yourself off and also start pushing people. People will get, start putting pushed away. If you just keep floating or the idea keeps getting floated out there. If you're going here, you're going here and people will be like, get on with it. Where is she going? Oh, that's kind of the risky run, right? Yeah. But I think she's going um, to AEW. She has to. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to, but you know, she's got to go somewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Got to pay some bills. Yeah. Um. The rest of the pay-per-view besides the male match. Um. So I will say that the women's match did not come through well on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got poo-pooed on very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst was thrown around a while. A lot of comments saying that was the worst uh, in pay-per-view. Or not pay-per-view, Rumble. Um, when they got pops, they got pops. And when they didn't, they got shit on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think as it far as star power, big. it lacked very much star power. Yeah. Um, there, the big names were in there, the big names, but there wasn't like any real legends that came out. Anybody that would remember, um, Rhea's not. You would think that Rhea would have made an appearance, maybe, or something in that card. She wasn't even on the pay per view at all. She wasn't even on the pay per view at all. So, and she's probably their number one female right now, as far as um, what people want to to see, as far as that's concerned. It's like, because she's one of the number one uh, connected on social media. She knows it too. Uh, She, uh, God, she has just got, she knows exactly what to do at the right time as far as the performer is concerned when it's not just in the ring, but also out of it. Um, So, I mean, good on her, but you definitely saw in this matchup, the lack of depth that they have in that, in the the talent pool. 
because yes. it's like 10 of them they gave a shit about and another 20 i just think was like yeah <laughs> well i do have to give them a lot of credit because if you look at like the first couple women's rumbles oh yeah they were god was that thin oh paper thin you had more legends than you had signed talent and yep. uh, the legends were like tori wilson <laughs> Kelly Kelly, uh, Michelle McCool, yeah, Victoria, like Victoria, yeah. I mean, not saying that they weren't good, um, a lot of good talent there, but Tori Wilson, not known for his wrestling ability, not at all. She no. made the uh, Hall of Fame, uh, um. Yeah, so comparison-wise, it's great that they can fill it out completely right. now with believable talent who they all make sense that they're there. That's cool. Um, next match, Roman wins. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. It was such a I, waste of time. I did uh, I, I did show appreciate, acknowledge the tribal chief. It's like I complain about him all the fucking time. But then when he comes out, it's just like everybody else in the building, even though we complain about him, well, he never fucking shows up. We're all fucking putting that one finger out because it's yeah, it. I never thought I would be in the midst of a championship reign this long in my lifetime again. So it's like from that aspect, it's cool. But from other aspects, it's just like we just fucking lose. Nick, all this is calling. Yeah. Because he held that damn NWA championship for I years. I know it. The only time he lost it was to Cody for like 50 days. Yep. Um, which I was there. I saw it. I saw him lose it. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, we have one, one more match. Logan Paul wins. Okay. That, that was, was my piss break. That was my piss break match. That's a uh, long piss break. <laughs> I, I, I went, and then I also got food. I ended up getting a, a, a soda, uh, some pretzels, and a thing of popcorn, and it almost were hit they pretzels. Like, pretzels. I believe so. I believe they were in the they were in the thirty to thirty five dollar range for everything for a popcorn no and a pretzel shot. and a fucking soda. Like I, I was like Jesus Christ, like if I was starving, what the hell? And I had like no <laughs> money. Um, but, but I mean, I didn't realize I'm talking to Ted DiBiase. No kidding, right? <laughs> Everybody's got a price. <laughs> Well, I mean, Ted DiBiase post. Uh, right. Post. So I'd be I'd be stealing from welfare recipients in Mississippi. Um, <laughs> I always knew there was something wrong about you. <laughs> well, you show where you're lying with your politics, Halliburton. I was just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking that. I had no interest in watching Logan Paul, Kevin Owens. And I love Kevin Owens, but I was just like, I need a break. Uh, I need food. So I'm going to go do that. And this is the time, the match where I'm going to go because uh, I didn't really want to miss anything with the men's or a rumble match, because I thought that was going to be like surprise after surprise after surprise. So spoiler alert. 
Not many. <laughs> um, yeah, not not really any surprises. No, but um, um, getting to the mail match, it was long. Not much longer than the women's match, though. Three minutes longer. Three minutes twenty-five seconds, to be exact. Um, they had to make their time. Yes, for sure. Now, we did have a couple surprises, so let's just go over um in a speed run because this podcast is already getting long, and we have a lot more to hit. So. Mm-hmm. We had the Usos one and two got their stare down. Whoop de doo. Grayson Waller great. came out next. Um, first surprise, Andrade. Yep, he got a very good reaction. Did he? He did. That's good. Yeah, he got a very good reaction. Yeah, I think he's one of those people who didn't realize how good he had it in AEW. He literally has been paid for like a year and a half of being injured. That's true. And Tony Khan didn't had the time onto his contract. No, he let him walk. Yeah. So, so good man, Tony Khan. Yeah. Carmelo Hayes looked like a star. He uh, sure did. He came out next. Shinsuke. Big pop. 20 minutes of a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Santos Escobar. Carrion really Cross. Care. They didn't care. Dirty Dom. Carlito. With the worst new uh, intro. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, Bobby Lashley, for some reason, was wearing Seth Rollins' white Power Ranger suit. <laughs> I wonder if he's. <laughs> I forgot my gear. Can I just use yours? <laughs> yeah, like he had the the jacket thing on. Um, you know the the vest. Yes. And the white pants with the gold. Everything was white and gold. I don't know why he had that look. Um, no idea. Ludwig Kaiser was next. Uh, Austin Theory was in there for just under four minutes. Uh, got eliminated by Cody Rhodes. Finn Balor was after him. Finn for an elimination. And Randy Orton kept telling us that 15 was the most important number. Everyone thought that was about his championship win that he didn't get. But Cody Rhodes at 15 wins the Royal Rumble. Spoiler alert. Bronson Reed comes out next, also known as Big Bronson Reed. Mm. Um, He exists. Kofi Kingston comes out, doesn't do anything really, gets eliminated by Gunther, probably just to Grow his streak of eliminations, not streak, but total. Um, Gunther, come on next, comes out next, and he's in there for a while. Yeah, uh, I think he was in the final four. He was, he was uh, in the final four. It was him, Punk, 
Cody and uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew. Um, then we get uh, yeah, Gunther. Then Ivar comes out. Did him and Valhalla have the same number? They did not. Close, <laughs> very close. He came out at nineteen. Valhalla at twenty-four. That is close. Um, that is close. Then you have uh, the debuting Braun Breaker. And I say debuting, but he's already been on the main roster a couple of times. Right. Um, Great performance, though. Huge. He's going to be massive. Yeah, he is. He can carry that company now for the next 20 years, unless he goes the route of Steiners. Um, which I would love to see him have the Scott Steiner moment. I know he's Rick's kid, but I want to see him just... I don't have no freaking donuts. <laughs> I I I I do kind of like what they've um some of the promo work that him and um Baron Corbin have had together. It's been funny. Oh, it's been magic. Yeah, like like the one <laughs> you thought about our name in the shower? Like stuff like that. It's just hysterical to me. Um but yeah, no, I, I thought he had he got a great reaction. I was yeah. even impressed like with him. Uh, and I've been questioning a little bit with Braun. I'm like, ah, oh, does he even have it? Um, but I think I think this proved okay, yeah. Like he's definitely there, he's definitely ready. Yep. Um, especially with like NXT too, because you have like Trick Williams too, who I think is also awesome superstar so like yeah, yeah. they they have guys in the pipeline right now that i think are going to be players and uh bron baker's bron breaker is in the top five and bron baker right there. bron baker <laughs> he's related to <laughs> a certain dent <laughs> bron um, fuck <laughs> jeez uh who else do we have here? Omas comes back for two minutes <laughs> just to get eliminated by Braun. I think that's the only reason they even put him in there because he's a big motherfucker getting eliminated by right. a short, big motherfucker. Um, then you have Pat McAfee, who, shoot, didn't know that he was getting put in the Rumble. <laughs> Which was super fucking awkward on TV. Yeah, it it came uh, off as weird at on at, at the event too. So his music hits. Pat goes, "Why is my music playing?" Cole goes, "I think you're in the Rumble." <laughs> Pat goes, "I can't be in the Rumble. I didn't come to wrestle. I don't even have my gear." And Cole says, no, buddy, you're in the rumble. You better get ready. So Pat McAfee fumbles around with his microphone, trying to get it off and get all, you know, his uh, sound pack off and all that crap. Right. But he's still on a hot mic as he gets into the ring. So he's like, oh, nope, nope. I, uh, ah. He gets in the ring, immediately gets out, <laughs> says, I'm not going to deal with those type of people too big too scary and he uh you know it was like too important of a sports figure right 
eliminates himself. <laughs> Just in out back on commentary. Was that the Brock Lesnar spot? Is Braun Breaker the Brock Lesnar spot? We'll talk more about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. JD McDonough, who's the weirdest looking human being I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, he looks like he's five foot in lifts, but his head looks like he's six foot four. Yeah. He's got this monster bobblehead <laughs> on this tiny fucking frame. I can't take him seriously. He looks ridiculous. Either. He was in the match for three seconds. And then we get the re-debut of R-Truth. Yep. Um, he gets eliminated by Damian Priest. R-Truth has an existential breakdown. But he uh, gets Made backed up by the history. Miz. Yes. Yes. The and then he gets the backed only, up with Miz. The only hot tag in the history of the Royal Rumble. That was actually good. So let's just highlight on that. I almost <laughs> ran over that. So... <laughs> Truth gets in, Miz gets in. Uh, Truth thinks that he can hit the hot tag. I think to Priest or was Dominic? It I think it was. Do- I think it was Dominic. It was somebody in the ring yeah. from one of his teams, and he's trying to hit the hot tag, literally. <laughs> um, to which Cole goes, "There are no tags in the Royal Rumble." <laughs> What is Truth doing? And at this point, Cole is just in bits. Just full comedy mode oh. here. Oh, yes. This was Benny Hill. Um, and the weirdest point I think I'm going to make here is so from from spots 14 until the end of the Royal Rumble, so the next 16 spots, okay? Besides Omas, Pat McAfee, and Braun Barker, every single contestant is from Raw. Mm-hmm. In order. Yeah. The last SmackDown person is Austin Theory. Yep. the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think it's... I think it's clear with SmackDown, um, you know, ending on Fox, them going to USA, but then you know Raw going to Netflix. But the, the amount of money they're putting on putting it Raw, Raw is the A show now. They've made Again. it pretty obvious. Yeah, it, it's the A show. Um, which it's funny because Roman Reigns is the biggest star in the company and. He's like the only time you see him is on SmackDown. It's just it's so weird that like yeah. <laughs> what they're doing. But yeah, it, that was a very interesting observation. Yeah, every single person from Raw. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, McAfee joined Raw two days later. Correct. As no. the commentary or commentator. Yep. With Michael Cole. And, and then be... Andrade also joined Raw. Yep. Naomi, however, is going to SmackDown. <laughs> Naomi is going to SmackDown. <laughs> and so I think it's Braun Breaker. Yes. 
Um, God damn it. Hold on, this will have to be edited out. A stupid fucking cannula. Next we get Damien Priest. And uh, that started the whole craziness with our truth, you know, and him and DP, right. as he likes to call him. Uh, DP eliminates our truth. <laughs> then we get the Royal Rumble re debut of the returning CM Punk. Why is that 20, 27 of the, oh, yeah. It, it, he went, it went fucking batty when he came out. I think it was a 27 spot too, which that's usually, yeah, that's usually the, that, that is been where the most winners have come from has been 27. So that was, mm. um, yeah, I think if we go, I think Yokozuna was a 27. There's been a number of guys that have been in the 27 spot that have won the rumble. Yeah. So, we'll foreshadow there, but uh, Ricochet is next, which mm-hmm. he, he 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 participated. Rico Chet, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel bad for the guy. That's all I yeah. can say. He's inconsistent, like purgatory. Yeah, he, he gets up, gets down, gets up, gets down, gets up. I don't know. I Drew McIntyre is next, and uh, all I can say is he made a gimmick all yes. off of tearing CM Punk's tricep again. <laughs> oh, um, he 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 is so good. Yeah. Like he's somehow yeah. turned this into just gold. The way he's doing this. You see the latest one? I sent it to you earlier. It's just him working yes. out. He's just like, oh, I'm working on my triceps. <laughs> Never skip tricep day. Oh, it's so great. Huh. I think that that also means he's probably going to re-sign with the company because he's just looking at it like, well, if it's another four months, I got to stick around. Well, CM Punk's not going to come back. No. The last time was a year almost. Well, that was also infused with the suspension. So, well, yeah, that suspension, though, didn't last August to July. No, that's true. You know, I think uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I think. CM Punk should hang it up. If you're gonna be honest with me. Um, oh, it's um, I'm a, I'm gonna agree with you, yeah, because it's just it's the same injury pretty much from a couple. Oh, of years it's twice ago. now. It's twice now. Um, yeah. the ring. I He's think broken his foot. It's it's the ring rust. It's the fact of that he, when you take a layoff that long you don't build up the calluses that you used to. 
and it's all gone like all that and now all of a sudden you're in your 40s and you're doing what you were doing 10 15 years ago but your body was used yeah. to it your body's not used to it now and it's just like oh shit so yeah there could be a possibility where if it's not this injury it's probably one more if there's one more major injury he's done well how many can he have for fuck's sake he broke his goddamn foot falling into the crowd heading it on a, a steel beam and and then fractured it again, or worse, in the match with FTR. Right. Then hurt his ankle. Then he tore his tricep. Right. Then, uh, I, I don't remember what else, but he tears his tricep again. And in his first televised match, right. by the way, in 10 years. Uh, now he's out of year. Um... So, yeah, we get Drew McIntyre. So then 30 is Sami Zayn, which... Nobody was upset about mm, No, no one can be mad. No. But, like, you think someone's going to debut. You have the opportunity, no, you know. It, it's true. They could have... That, that somebody debuting probably would have been really... Because um, everybody was thinking MJF. Everybody was thinking... Um, you know, the possibility of Okada, Okada, even though Okada, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. Like it, no. the, the contract was till February and we're talking about 127 here. So it's just, I knew it was going to be impossible contract wise, unless they work something out. Um, Which you're not going to. No, you're just not like, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. And, you know, there's other bidders in that situation, too. So you don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, the MJF factor. But again, and uh, but I think Max, my, is hurt. Max is hurt. Correct. Um, but my biggest fear was Dwayne. But now, uh -huh. yeah, Dwayne didn't come out. So I was happy I, at that point. I was just like, OK. Dwayne's not here, so he can't take this from somebody. Uh, I was more was... surprised that Dwayne didn't come out when Roman won. I know. I know. That was another thing I think people were kind of waiting for. Um, very safe might... pay-per-view. It was a very safe pay-per-view. But you know what? I'm okay with safe because I've seen some Royal Rumbles where it's, it's falling apart quick. Uh, and like 2014 and 2015, geez, us awful. Oof. And then 2022, yeah, that was another one that was bad. Like, yeah, that was a bad Royal Rumble. I think that was the worst one of ever. That was that was up there. That was, but then I think I go back to 2015, where it was like down to the Big Show, Roman, and like Kane. And Dean Ambrose, and I was just like, Roman Kane and fucking Big Show. What is this? It's 2015. This isn't fucking 2002. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it. It just it just looked bad. Looked really bad. And The Rock couldn't even save it that night. No. And this one though was very safe. I thought the match within a match with between Punk and Cody was fantastic. 
um, because you really didn't know who was going to win. The building also, it was, I think it was more pro Cody than it was pro punk. I'll say that. Like if, if I had to, if gun to head, I think that there were more people rooting for Cody that night than there was punk punk, you know, you're, you're glad that he didn't win now because he did Terra's triceps because that would have ruined things. Um, where now it's like you don't have to worry about that angle of, you know, Cody's lost, but now Punk is hurt. Um, you don't have to worry about that now. Cody yeah. won. Now the question is, because they raised it the other night, but the plan is, I guess, still, it's going to be Cody and Roman. And if we're going with history, 1990 and 91, Hulk Hogan won the Royal Rumble. He went on to lose at WrestleMania in 1990, but he won the Royal Rumble in 91 and then won the title in the same year. Uh, we go back to 1995. Shawn Michaels won the Royal Rumble lost at wrestlemania that year and in 1996 he won the royal rumble and won at wrestlemania that year mm-hmm. and then we look finally at steve austin won the royal rumble in 1997 did not challenge nor win for the wwf championship at wrestlemania in 1998 he won the royal rumble and beat Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 14 that year so if we're going by history, yeah. Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble last year, lost the WrestleMania main event last year. This year, he wins the Royal Rumble. Does he finish the story at WrestleMania 40? I don't and see it, that happening. I don't know. Does it happen? I think it does. Do you think that they just can't? They have to. They have to. They have to. They have to end it. They have to. You don't need Roman and Rock for the title. You don't need it for the title. Because he can come out and be like, you know, where I think that's how you counter this with, you know, Solo coming out or Jimmy Uso coming out where the Rock comes out and saves Cody. And then that's all of a sudden the the storyline that you go with and you set it up for either the next wrestlemania of next year to wrestlemania 41 or you have it at another show you know you have it in saudi or something like that um i can see it well he's on the board of directors now so he can do what he wants i'm looking Um, myself to go over brother (laughs) the rock says the rock says but um, I was happy with Cody winning. Um, everybody else in the building was happy that he won. Uh, as I was leaving the building, I think I was still like a half mile. I was a half mile from the building. I could still hear his music playing. I found oh, that wow. funny. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the the Tropicana Dome. The Trop- yes, let's the Orange Bowl. Let's. Um. 
I mean, I, I did like being able to walk around in a major league baseball outfield. That was pretty cool. Um, that kind of fulfilled the somewhat of a dream. Were there um, any pop flies? <laughs> no, there wasn't. I wish there was. Maybe from some of the uh, drones that were going in the, the outfield. Um, oh, yeah. They did have ball off of the catwalks. <sighs> Is that a double or a home run? Fuck. <laughs> Hated that shit. Um, left field was lined with uh, porta potties. And I was just well, making that's, that's jokes. For Tampa Bay. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> I remember saying, I'm just like, oh, look, shitters all full in left field, just like in them in October. Um, it's, just, it's so funny. Just like, it, it, I'm looking at left field and it's just like a line of porta potties. I'm like, oh, you can't make this shit up about this building. You just can't. Um, they had changed the dimensions of the building i all of a sudden i had gotten an email that morning saying that your seat has been upgraded and i was supposed to be in an aisle way and when i mean aisle way i mean where they came out i was supposed to be like on the rail like i had specifically picked that seat and um i was moved into left field where their I ended up watching in the right field, excuse me, where I ended up watching the most of the show from the Jumbotron right field. <laughs> That's how I watched the show. I wasn't focused like on the ring action because it was it felt like it was just too far away. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, and that was the, the difficult part of it. But I was able to have freedom of movement for a show where I'm a big guy, so it's like being cramped and the the chairs there and all that stuff with the crowd. Um, I was able to have freedom of movement. Nobody bothered me. The security never got mad or anything like that. And at one point I was like the only one in like my, within like a six to 12 feet, like circumference. And I was just able to watch the whole thing. I, and w- at one point I was leaning against the rail of where the bullpen is in right field. And I was just kind of just consider wa- maybe getting in there. Yeah. I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, why not throw the, th- throw the rosin back a lot around a little bit. Uh, <laughs> get a couple of announce yourself in. like Bob Shepard. Yeah, exactly. And now, and pitching. now pitching for the Yankees. <laughs> Number 44. Dan Burke. Number 44. Number 44. Dan Burke. Number 44. Um, or you can announce yourself like the Red Sox. Now we're uh, coming out to play <laughs> some schmuck. Number Playing 44. First base. <laughs> <laughs> From Worcester, Massachusetts. How much does this guy weigh? <laughs> Get fucking Art Donovan. <laughs> fucking Art Donovan. That's hilarious. Uh, well, the Sox had Bill Walton as a guest commentator. I feel like it couldn't be any worse than Art Donovan. <laughs> How much is this? <laughs> My hair's on fire. 
<laughs> Bill Walton was a trip. He a is. Trip yes. When he was a White Sox guest commentator. Yeah. It was, they didn't talk baseball. I think that Bill didn't know what the hell was going on. He was just too impressed by the fact that they were playing sports. He, you could watch like a condensed version of it on YouTube, and I do it. Anyone listening, I recommend it highly. Was it him and Hawk Harrells? Him and Jason Benetti. Okay. Okay. So very listenable. Um, it was definitely not Hawk getting angry. <laughs> he was the crotchetist, crotchety, crotchetyest old man. He's the him he, and Tom, him and Tommy Heisen both for the Celtics. Heisen was ridiculous. Okay, so I'm gonna have you tell me about him, and I'll tell you about Hawk. Heisen Hawk would, would just stop talking. <laughs> he would just stew. He would literally let an inning go by with no commentary because he's <laughs> mad. <laughs> so when the White Sox would win, let's just say a pop fly left field, right? Pop fly left field. And when this ball comes down, this ball game is over. You know, and he would get all uh exuberant, right? Or he would say, This ball game will be over, right? <laughs> He came up with that phrase like mid 2000s. Loved it. Loved me some Hawk. But when he would commentate a loss, and this ball game is over, the White Sox again lose. <laughs> you know, or you just he say, just, oh, dang, gum it. He just senses. You're like, oh, he's pissed. You know, and if, like, say uh, a call didn't go the other way, you've got to be bleeping me. Come on. What, where did. Terrible. Where did you can put it on the board? Yes. Originate from. Like, who was like the first guy that he did that for? Like, was it Frank Thomas or somebody else? No, because. He... Or he always did that. Yeah, he did that with his uh, commentating. I think you know, I guess I assume the entire time. Okay. Maybe when Drysdale was still playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking Colfax. Yeah. Maybe Roof. I don't know. Oh, my dad is still pissed about the Carlton Fist deal. <laughs> oh, he's still fucking mad that he went to Chicago. Still mad about it. Well, he changed his socks. He cleaned them. He didn't yeah. have the uh, Kurt Schilling bloody sock anymore. Well, you know how they got, you know how that happened, right? He ended up the getting... The sock? No, no, the, how the oh. White Sox got Fisk. Um, the, <laughs> the Red Sox were supposed to send him his contract, I think, for December 31st. That was the deadline. He didn't get it until like January 3rd or January 2nd or something, which meant he was a free agent. So he, and that's why he went to Chicago 
and I think it was the first oh. series, the first series back, um, the first series that year, he they were playing at Fenway Park, and he hit like a three-run homer against them, and everybody at Fenway started to chant Sullivan sucks because it was Haywood <laughs> Sullivan that was the president of the team. And they were just chanting Sullivan sucks like all the whole game because Carlton Fish just came back and beat them. Oh, and Fisk, I mean, he's it, it's weird to say like he's a White Sox legend, but the Sox fans hold him in such high regard. He was play, he played here for 12 years. I know, you know, for him to be considered. The Red Sox said he was done. They were all he was. They were like, he's all done. And I'm like, but he played another 12 years. It's like this fucking goddamn organization. Well, (laughs) I even think it's just so strange. Like in my head, looking at this, but he started in 1969. I know. And he retired in '93. Yeah. (laughs) It's just I don't I I don't know why that's so mindful. Um, Maybe I, because I don't associate players from the '60s, you know, <laughs> playing in the '90s. Well, he hit one of the most famous home runs ever. Um, With the fist pump and everything. Yeah, it was nineteen. Yeah, it was the the wave. It was the night. It was Game Six of the nineteen seventy five World Series. It's the one fucking Robin Williams talked about in um, Goodwill Hunting. Um, of course. And he hit. It was like <laughs> the twelfth inning. Red Sox are down three games to two against the Reds and tie game. And he hits a shot and he waved. It was starting in, he was a right-handed hitter. So he hit it down the left field line and he just started waving his arms to the right. Cause it was starting to go left. And then it hit the, it's the foul pole. The Red Sox won the game and forced game seven. Um, but everybody forgets that they lost game seven or they just think that they won that series. It's like, but we didn't like <laughs> it's revision. The Reds beat us. They won. <laughs> yeah. The, one well, of the greatest something red. One of the greatest baseball teams ever beat us 75 and 70 and they won in 75. And then they, at he least wrote, we put up, on. we put up better fights than the Yankees did. The Yankees got swept in 76 which made them go out and get Reggie Jackson because Steinbrenner got pissed. (laughs) Not to cut you off and not to change topics. I'm watching the uh, end the Bucks versus Portland. For some reason, the Bucks are going to lose to Portland. Um, Some return for fucking (laughs) Damian Lewis. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brooke Lopez gets a rebound. You know, and they do the whole tussle for it and all that right. crap, bouncing the ball around. He literally throws it into his dick, his own dick, and then just like humps it out of. He pelvic <laughs> thrusts the ball out of bounds and goes, puts his hands up like I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. Well, yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, I just see out of the corner of my eye like him getting hit in the nuts. Like, <laughs> uh, tell me about Tommy Tommy Houghton. Tommy Heisen. Heisen uh, he's, yes. He used to play for the Celtics in the fifties and sixties, 
And then he was a coach at one time as well. I think he coached Bill Russell at a few, no, not Bill Russell, but um, some of the teams like um, Dave Cowan's era type stuff. And he became an announcer. He was on the CBS games. Bob but then they, I think he played with him, but I don't think he coached them. Um, and so Heisen became the, he was on the national games with CBS in the 1980s. And then he went to How work this guy away for just, he, then he just went to work for the Celtics. And um, he always made it worse. Than it actually was like everything. Um, <laughs> it was always just like, ah, it's league. He always quite, it was like, it was always a conspiracy against the Celtics from league office every fucking day. Every blown call, it's like this. All oh, this office is just blown against us. Like it just, and it was great. It was hilarious, but it, it got sad towards the end, of course, because you know, he, guy's like eighty-five years old, and then he's just blabbering on, and you're just like, oh, it's unfortunate. Um, See, I like Johnny Red Kerr. So Red Kerr, no matter how old he got, dude was fucking entertaining. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about Harry Curry, too. Well, (laughs) I think at the end, it got real entertaining. Oh, yeah. He was was, okay. He was always drunk. Always. Always drunk. But then you factor in old age. And, and he, could, he had no idea what the fuck was going on. No, he did not. He was like, hey, hey, uh, the ball is. Uh, <laughs> look at the girl in left field. Wow. Look, look at the, like, ah, oh, goddamn. Look at the knockers on her. Hey, 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 Yeah, yeah. And then you would hear, you know, Steve, Stone, Harry, you know, you got to focus on the gallery. I know. Fucking Steve Stone. Just like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, he, he loved working with Harry, but I'm sure he hated it too. Because <laughs> that motherfucker had to carry the game. And Harry's like, oh, you know, the gums down uh, 05. Uh, now, uh, that's three balls, two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? Um, I think Jay Morris said a buzz about Harry Curry once. He's just like, he always sounds like he's in mid chug. There's a shot, Grace. Throw for oh, (laughs) (laughs) it was always like Kevin. Uh, was it Kevin Patrick, the guy from fucking WWE? Oh, god. Yeah, he just got shit good. But Finn Balor, yes, gets out of the ring. Yeah, he literally just—he literally just got fired. <laughs> like, he, the thing about this too is firing. Everybody was like, they saw it coming. He got fired last week, and I guess that was not the most notable departure from the company. But you know, let's no. <laughs> uh, before we talk about that. Um, let's talk about your trip. Yes, yes. Um, nice little couple of days in Florida. Um, 
reconnected with some family like my niece uh erica with her two kids um i got to spend some quality time with her son emmett and her newborn uh bella uh who just was born prematurely out of the NICU. She was there for almost three weeks and she now is healthy. Great. It was great to see her, uh, Erica at least too, because um, I don't want to get too personal on here, but no, we're just named some... everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like I'm giving the last name or um i i man bird <laughs> i i'm just i'm i'm just putting it out there and saying that like with with my niece that uh that we there were some things for a few years where it was it was rough it was rough because i i didn't know um where things were going to stand with her and some choices and things that happen in life, which we all kind of, yeah, she's doing great. And she's got the kids, which I'm, which that was probably one of my, I think better highlights of the trip. Um, You know, the show was fun. Uh, I was happy with it. I was happy with the results uh, for rumble itself, even though it was at the drop, I got to feed flamingos. That was interesting. Uh, (laughs) Did you try to pose? Try to pose with the flamingos? Yeah. You know, no. Like bending your leg backwards. <laughs> yeah, I was just, just trying to I was just trying to not like kick them and also not try to get my hand bitten off because it's just they were just eating right out of your hand. But um it was very it was it was fun just to like feed like flamingos it's like one of those experiences that you'll you never thought you wanted to do until you actually did it you're like well this is fun like feeding flamingos I see, Dan, so you like uh you like people eating out of your hand is that correct you like that no mostly thing? just animals just animals oh just animals yeah okay. i like animals you don't like I having don't like... power over them no no not like some okay uh and uh i i but the the main attraction of the entire weekend uh was the fulfillment of 30 plus years of being able to meet the immortal one hulk hogan on sunday the day after the show um running on about three hours of sleep uh, I had to stand in line for over three hours. Um, and I met some people behind me. One guy was from Minnesota. He was pretty cool. We talked for quite a bit. Um, was he an ex Navy SEAL? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Jesse. I wish it was. That would have been funny. Um, but we did. Um, I'm here as a fan to meet this wrestler. <laughs> I am a child. I I have no issue or qualm with Hulk Hogan whatsoever. (laughs) None whatsoever. I will. I I want an autograph with him and a picture. Goes and meets Hogan. You son of a bitch. You ratted me out to (laughs) Vince about the wrestling union. Um, But the guy. 
the guy the guy behind the guy behind me from Minnesota though was uh I I yeah we talked about Joe Maurer for a minute because Joe Maurer got inducted to the Hall of Fame last week. Talked yeah, about congratulations to him. Yeah, and, and uh Todd Helton. Um, you know, but Mark Burley still fucking shut out fucking assholes. I... Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. Tell you, Mark Burley was retired by the White Sox number wise before he even retired from baseball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was a he's... free agent from the Blue Jays. And instead of signing him, the White Sox go, hey, we'll retire your number. <laughs> um, but at least they showed him that class because it's like they wouldn't yeah. have that championship in 05 without him. Um, no. he, he The infamous Mark Burley pitching drunk. Still got it done, though. David Wells did the same thing, so it's all right. <laughs> um, oh, so I I met the the guy from Minnesota. We talked for a few minutes about like the miserableness of being a Minnesota sports fan at a certain point. Just Minnesota, uh, period. <laughs> exactly. And then I met a uh, couple of guys from L.A. and Texas. The guy from L.A. had a championship belt that looked outstanding like it was a fantastic looking title belt and he's just like hey you want to hold it i'm like yeah sure i'm like hey how much did it set you back he's like oh about four grand i probably handed that title back to him and said oh hey it's a nice belt because <laughs> i was just like if fucking something happens to this i'm not i don't want to hear about that's it. not a that's not a belt pal <laughs> it's not a toy Belts hold up your pants <laughs> um but then I finally was able to get in and meet the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. Um, got my picture taken, got a figure signed. Um, he complimented me on my T-shirt. He said, that's a nice shirt, brother. He called me brother, which I loved using that that edge reference. I find that hilarious. Um, <laughs> I didn't smile for the pictures because I was so... I, I was I was so absorbed of the moment I didn't know really how to react. Like, um, are you embarrassed? What do you mean embarrassed? Of, uh, are you embarrassed of Hulk Hogan? No, I'm not embarrassed by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I. He asked me where I was from. I told him I was from the Massachusetts, and I guess he's got some friends out in Tewksbury and Weymouth. Uh, I told him I was from Worcester. I said I. You know, first show was against you and Taker at the Centrum. So, and I probably thanked him like 6,000 times in a two-minute conversation because um, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be having uh, still involved with this crazy business uh, if it wasn't for Hulk. So it's like there's a lot of thank you and good friends that I've met because of this crazy business that it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me sitting there and just being like, Oh, this guy in the yellow red tights is pretty cool. Um, and that's kind he's of no Jeff Jarrett. No, exactly. No, he's not Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's the biggest star in the history of the industry, but that's besides. Yeah, right. He'll tell you himself. He'll tell you himself. He is the most important wrestler of all time. So but you know who else would tell you? 
Our sponsor today, Manscaped. <laughs> Manscaped supports ad-free shows. Use code uh, Conrad, uh, and you'll get thirty um, percent off your balls being shaved by Manscaped. <laughs> now Manscaped. back with the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett. He says that every fucking episode. <laughs> it's written in his it's, contract. It's, it has to be. It's got to be. And if you're going to refer to me, you refer to me as J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, the greatest professional wrestling mark of all time. <laughs> He's a carny. He is. Complete. Complete and utter carny. He's hilarious. <laughs> he keeps getting jobs it's like everybody makes fun of him and they all make these little comments oh you know smash 6,000 guitars never drew a dime yet he keeps getting work he always has work I know always I feel like in the dictionary work and Jeff Jarrett are synonymous yes and everyone's like, why? He's insufferable. Wrong. He makes money. He does. And do you know what you can also buy right now? If you go to uh, globalforcewrestling.com, <laughs> there's a link for globalforcegold.com. You can buy gold bars of me, <laughs> Jeff Jarris. Double J. And if you get our VIP package, they will be gold bars. My wife, Karen. <laughs> naked. Naked. No, Dan, naked. I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the fallout from the Rumble, right? So you have Cody again winning. Yes. Which at this point, you either put up or shut up with him. Yep, um, which I think they will. Unless maybe they do, like, you know, any WCW guy. <sighs> no matter what happens, it just make them lose. If 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 the they if he goes back to back though, they have to do it, like because it it just makes because it, now it's like he had this road, no pun intended, because he had the Brock feud. You know, but since the Brock feud, he's kind of been pissing in the wind. So, yeah, he's your top baby face, but what has he really done? They literally made him flounder until... Until the uh, Rumble. Yeah, yeah. The, like, well, I mean, it, they literally waited for time to pass. They're like, God damn it. Yeah. We have it, to it, book him for four months. Exactly. So it's like, all right, we'll put him in war games and all this stuff. Okay, cool. But Whoa, still, okay. same, like... Well, at least next year I'll be able to say it. <laughs> That's the good part about it. Well, um, did you see who the new uh, NXT GM is? I did. Yes. And then it's so all underwing. They're literally are like, yeah, she can't wrestle. She can't work. We got to make her a personality. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, daddy. Oh, I just got named board of the directors. Son. I just got named board of the directors, honey. Don't worry, you have a job. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. God damn they're it. not gonna release you. You know, and uh, 
fourth generation. <laughs> it's like a fourth generation who sucks in the rig. It's like, how are you Samoan then? <laughs> like... Every year, she just gets further and further from her Samoan bloodline. Yeah, like you just sit there. You're like, how? Like, because the majority of them, they come out of the box and they're they're ready to go. I mean, Roman, uh, Rakishi, like all these guys. Rakishi. Rakishi, like it's yeah. that Rinka King. Rinka King, you know, you got Rakishi. You got Roman, you got The Rock, you got this incredible lineage of tremendous, like, and, you know, the Usos as well. Dude, have you ever looked at the NYU? It's ridiculous. It's literally, it, it, when we talk about blood, when he talks about bloodline, it's just like, holy shit. And, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's murder is involved too but it, you know we're gonna just we want to stick with the positives <laughs> on this program at least for this second uh you know but you look at what roman has done uh, even though the this is the title reign with the biggest asterisk next to it in the history of asterisks and i saw <laughs> a couple of brock lesnar universal title reigns where you know brock at least and one of them was wrestling i think one month he's wrestled samoa joe another month he's wrestling at SummerSlam. another month he's wrestling against braun Strowman. you know he's at least put up some title defenses where roman is just like i don't need to do shit and it's just like really (laughs) i think hogan in 84 had the amount of title defenses that he's had in three and a half years within six weeks like yeah yeah, that's what it was done back then and you know, it, it, I, Hogan's reign is still the most, um, is definitely, I, I think, the most important title reign in company history. And the fact that this is just keeps going on and keeps going on just to pad these stats and pad these numbers. Like Gunther's reign, that is, but the, the difference between Gunther and Roman is, is that Gunther has defended the title. He has been a consistent presence on television. He has also mm-hmm. elevated the Intercontinental Championship to the extent where it has never been this hot in years, decades. Six hundred days as Intercontinental Champion, and he has done the most with that championship. That is a situation where the man makes the title. Because now all of a sudden that title is hot. Everybody wants a piece at it. And if Cody Rhodes is going to face Roman Reigns, I would make the argument that you do Seth Rollins versus Gunther, Intercontinental Championship versus the World Heavyweight Championship. And since Seth Rollins has to take some time off, supposedly or has already gotten the or has already gotten surgery i don't know give gunther the championship make him the champion of both the intercontinental and world heavyweight championship at least for one night and then you can strip him of the intercontinental title and then somebody else now has to fight for he's raised the title that much though where whoever defeats him or whoever 
gets handed the championship after, they're going to have massive shoes to fill. He's earned the right, in my opinion, that he does not need to lose that championship um, because the title reign has been so meaningful to that belt, and that has been the workhorse championship at least since when it was incepted back in the 1970s. So him holding it on now for this long is truly remarkable. And that is a championship reign I feel that should be celebrated. Roman Reigns, yes, it is a fantastic accomplishment when you show up to work every fucking 30 days. (laughs) Just defend the fucking title once a month. This is why we have PLEs. You want to take the rest of the fucking month off? Fine. You want to do a fucking via satellite promo? Fine. Show up to the fucking PLEs, though. That should be a mandatory thing for the world champion. And he has not been held to that standard. Cody has to be the one to end it. Seth made a convincing argument. But I also don't think Roman was really being political, political keeping the championship not to the extent of certain people and seth rollins brought up hulk hogan yes but there were other people that were also in the same position that said no and politic their way and all that stuff no one's going to bring up Shawn michaels Shawn michaels was one of the worst at it 95 96 Shawn michaels killed a lot of careers a lot of them Look at Vader. They brought him in in 1996. He was never the same. Never the same after Shawn Michaels pretty much beat him at SummerSlam 96. So that that's that's the key, that I, I think, with, with all of this, is that Gunther's raised the championship stakes. Roman, yes, he is. Has this incredible title reign like so many days so many so much time but at the same time padded stats it's it's a compiler if anything um just those hall of fame careers that the guy was just around forever kind of like a vince carter type deal was vince carter great at one point yes he was but he also hung on for like 10 more years than he probably shouldn't have (laughs) he was It's like, really? You're going to be the 13th man again on this bench? My God. Like, um, who's the guy from the Heat? Udonis Haslam, who they just retired his jersey, and it's just like, again, for just sitting here. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Udonis Haslam won every championship that the Heat have won. Yes. And he scored he on... two points doing it. <laughs> you know what? The thought counts, okay? I, I understand. I, I understand. don't think you do. I think you're an anti-Udonis Haslam or Udonis Haslam uh, person. You I know, wouldn't say I'm anti. I'm just saying that he I think is... you're anti-Udonis Haslam. <laughs> Maybe I, mean, that's I can fair, go further. Maybe that's a fair point. <laughs> I think you just hate him because, you know, the uh, Miami Heat 
you know, bitch smacked the Celtics a couple of times. Yeah. Maybe that that's the case, but it wasn't like he was involved in that. <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Donis Haslam hit that me. shot against the Spurs? No, that was Ray Allen. What are you trying to say? I'm just saying that like he was on the team, but he didn't do anything really to get there. Like, oh. <laughs> like, come you know on. Maybe. How do you, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're failing to realize that maybe Udonis Haslam, okay, believes in you. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you know, he's not saying, oh, Dan, that guy with the, you know, podcast, I got one listener a week, you know, that guy. Maybe he's not really a podcaster, right? See, that's the thing, right? Maybe he's sitting there at the end of the bench. We get more level less, more than one you. listener a week. <laughs> Nobody in their right mind was listening to the Howdy Doody podcast, okay? Hell no. Where you sat and listened and reviewed episodically the entire show of Howdy Doody. It's Howdy Doody time. It's a, oh my god. Yep. It's just uh, they base their whole like. I'm sure that that's uh, that that is a concept that somebody's going to float out there. Well, they did now, (laughs) honey. You know how serious I am about how to duty. Oh my god! You know I got to have the how to duty podcast hour. I mean, technically, you could do that with uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, maybe because that would be kind of fun. Yeah. I, I think Pee Wee's Playhouse is probably more fun yes. before he made the adult movie theaters. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pee Wee's Five Knuckles Shuffle. That was like a sad it. day for people. It was just like, oh, Pee Wee's a pervert. <laughs> okay. He wasn't a pervert. It's like saying, ah, oh, shit, man, you're doing that thing that I thought you would do at this place. No, you know what? That's oh. true, though. Like, I mean, to and I, but that was the way it was perceived because when I was a kid, that was the way it was kind of told to us. Like, well, yeah. as an adult, I understand, and I'm just like, he went to an establishment where you're supposed to do that. Yeah, like, he's not a he party. actually did no, it proper, like, like, you know? He, he, he did it proper. He came He did it proper. Coat. He did. He did it proper. And, you know, it's not like either that he he had the beard and like the hair growing, growing at that point, too. So it's not like it was like the, the Pee Wee Herman like fucking look where he's just in there with a sign. Hey, everybody, it's Pee Wee. You know, it's like. Just sit in the back of the theater. <laughs> oh, God. Hi, Dobby. <laughs> just beating his meat. <laughs> God bless Paul Rubens. I'm sorry. Like, I understand why people could get offended maybe by that by 30 years ago, but in my opinion, that that is not a big deal. Dude, I, you know what? I, I think it's just one of those times, you know, like, yeah. people should have just believed in Paul. I think they should have cheered him on. <laughs> Beat that meat. Beat that meat. Today's word of the day is masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Then I don't think you're really talking about Pee Wee Harmon. <laughs> That's the word of the day. Ah! Yeah! <laughs> that show is such a trip. I mean, you you watch that now on drugs. You'll you'll be you'll definitely enjoy it more because there is a talking chair, <laughs> talking flowers, a talking television set, like. He opens a chest and a fucking head pops out that's just talking. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? Hello, Pee-wee. Yes. It's Jamin. Morpheus I mean, is a cowboy. A You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> In one hand, I have a blue pill. <laughs> In another, I have your mail, Pee-wee. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Morpheus. <laughs> you bitch. Fucking Maybe asshole couldn't come episode. back for the he couldn't come back for the fourth one. Like what how do you not have a fucking like how do you not have a Matrix movie without Lawrence Fishburne and Morpheus? It's just like, oh, we gotta recast him. It's just like, well, you know what? If you can't fucking get him, then don't do it. Fuck this. What are we doing? At least they had a good reason for it. You know, in the movie that is. Oh, well. He's like, oh, well, they de-aged me. Bruh. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, in the movie, it's like they had to re-render me. Yeah, I... I'm a program. I, I didn't even attempt to watch that because I was like, that series was dead to me after Reloaded. <laughs> I was well, just like, was fuck this. Fuck this. They fucked it up. Of course they did. And then, you know, I went to go see the third one, obviously, because it's like, okay, maybe they'll redeem themselves. Because you just themselves. didn't learn. <laughs> you didn't learn. You wanted the redemption. You're thinking to yourself, come on, they can't fuck it up this bad. And it's worse. <laughs> it's fucking worse. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, like one of the best starts in movie history to a fucking franchise, you'd think, right? True. But it would have been just better off standalone because, like, you yeah. couldn't follow up. You couldn't stuck the landing. So they should have finished the story with fucking Matrix. You know who else should finish the story? Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. How do you like that? And segue? full circle. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We did it again. <laughs> Fool you. You thought we learned our mistake. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So Cody uh, wins the male Royal Rumble. Then Bailey wins the female Rumble, which we know what she's going to do with Io Sky. Um, you know, it's just obvious booking, which is perfect. It's what you want, right? Really? It is. Yeah. I, what else? I... Um <coughs> they, well, had a pest, they had a they had a pest conference. Yeah, they sure did. They had a press conference. Um, Question, questions were asked. Responses were given. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul Levesque gives us an example into why some people shouldn't take unfielded questions. 
Or yeah. uh, it gives us an example of you had one job pre-show <laughs> or pre-conference, which let me guess, you knew this press conference was coming, Paul. Yes, it happens did. every PLE now. So you you had to have known. There's no no idea in my head that Paul Levesque was like, they're not gonna ask me about that. Yeah, you know, are. like yeah. <laughs> I, I would have walked, like, uh, if I worked for the company, I would have literally walked up to him, but I would have just handed him something, and I would have just been like, just say this. Like, exactly. just do yourself a fucking favor and just say this. Um, Is Paul Levesque telling us that he can't memorize a Because I have 20 years of content to uh, say the contrary. I, and I, uh... <laughs> I, I, I'm... You knew the question was going to be asked. You should just have a prepared answer. Get out of the way. Yep. And that's it. Or just start out with a statement. Just yeah, say, exactly. I they just want to just... get this out of the way, guys. No questions further from this, okay? So if you have a question about this, I'm not going to discuss it. Just go into that, and then that's it. And I, Because I heard what Meltzer said, and I was a little annoyed because... The only reason I was well, annoyed is because the only reason I was annoyed at Meltzer was because of the fact that he's hit, taking him to task when he doesn't take other people to task that do the exact same fucking thing and skate around shit and or decides that when he's dealing with a con with a question about NDAs and sexual misconduct. He's wearing some Russian hat with sunglasses on. And hey, okay. To be he's fair, gotta feel that, that question. <laughs> that was the greatest hat. I'm I'm just the, saying the optics of it was not great. But this also it, was not great. The optics of this is not great. And it's like I I tend to believe. When he sat there, he's just like, no, I haven't read it. It's just like, yes, you did. Everybody in the fucking office has read it. They all read it. They know what the fuck it is. That's probably why your wife left. It's probably why she left the company, because she's just like, this is going to come back and bite us all in the ass. And I almost feel like, remember when everybody was like, well, Triple H is not in the board of directors. Well, he's probably happy of that now. Because it's not going to blow back on him. It shouldn't blow back on him. Because all it, he does is the cream. Back on him. It might, but it shouldn't. Because I'm. How are I you don't, to say that Paul Levesque had did, no idea? He, he's married to his daughter. And Shane, like, and he asked to do it? Grandfather, you know, he's a grandfather. He's got kids. You know, it's this huge, like, there's, they probably, they probably knew of the depravity, but they didn't know to the extent. And Shane, that story that I think in that, that theory that's kind of been floated out this week that I've read several times to try to digest everything, that sounds accurate. That sounds extremely accurate of why he left. 
not because he felt like he was passed over. It's because he just didn't want to. De- he just he has a moral compass, and that's the important thing in all this because you're dealing with somebody that has all the money in the world can literally get whatever he wants but the one thing that he craves is absolute power right well let's that's well we're going to talk about vince here in a little bit right um let's get through his press conference real quick because what we've been commenting on is paul levesque saying let's not focus on the negatives of this week (laughs) like my father-in-law wasn't just accused of sex trafficking and the r word yeah um goes a lot further than sexual assault right um it's horrifying so that's that's what paul levec said you know and it it's bad because cody had a better pr um statement response yeah then the head of creative um yeah it's it's i don't know it, it's a weird, odd moment in wrestling history too it's a fucking uh, mess in general like it's all a mess like it's i don't even know why he even went out there I would have been like, man, I got COVID or sick or something. Like, you know, like I just right. Like, just even say Stephanie this. pegged me too hard or something. You know, uh, yeah, like I can't sit down something. without a donut. Just something. Like I would have understood. Nobody would have taken him to task. Like I don't think. Like oh, you avoided that. It's just like his his fucking father-in-law. Well, I mean, to be fair though, some wrestling journalist or supposed journalist would probably make a tweet uh, that says, funny how, you know, on the day after this horrifying thing is reported, he doesn't, you know, come to the press conference. Right. And and the the weird thing is that wrestling fans would eat it up. They would eat that up far quicker than like a deep state thing or some weird Alex Jones conspiracy. Yeah. It, because it, 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 it would have looked again like, oh, he's avoiding the issue. It's like Triple H is in a real rock and hard place because he's running this creatively for the biggest wrestling company in the world. And secondly, again, this is family issue now. So it's, you're going into this and having to go through this press conference and just try to not and try not to get hit by any blowback. And unfortunately, like it's a no win position unless you have a prepared statement and shut everybody down immediately. Then it's, then that's it. You know, he needed, he needed to take some notes from Bill Belichick because Belichick would have just been like, like he would have just grumbled and like (laughs) he would have have spoken under his hoodie yeah exactly he would have just been like yeah we're getting ready for uh, san francisco like you know like he wouldn't have he he 
he wouldn't want to talk about it just like we're on the we're on an elimination chamber like he would have that <laughs> like they would have just put a walkie-talkie on the uh, desk just triple h sorry i couldn't be there i was on a flight to australia for elimination chamber. <laughs> exactly and everyone's yeah, like getting, that's a month away we're getting ready for raw on monday like you know like <laughs> <laughs> bill triple h belly check exactly it's just like he's just sit, like and they're asking him about stuff and he's just like um, uh, uh, that other guy i mean uh he he runs it he's okay i guess <laughs> you know like he would have just given non-answers the whole time yeah he, he just would have said nonsense and you know would have gotten him <laughs> like, uh, mental mental like brain testing yeah. And they're like, yeah, we don't know why he keeps. We're on the elimination chamber, but you're great. But you're, we're on to elimination chamber. We're on to elimination chamber. Just fucking keep repeating it. <laughs> There's no place like home. Yeah, exactly. Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was on my way yeah. home from the presser. Well, I didn't go, but I was on my way home during the presser. So everybody <laughs> was kind of just updating me, and then somebody gave me a trans i read the transcript of what he said and then i watched it and i was just like oh uh. <laughs> i feel like the people sitting behind the scenes had to just be like no this is ron burgundy saying everything on the teleprompter <clears throat> and you know the nick Khan and ari emmanuel are some Con. of the heaviest they're some of the heaviest hitter, hitters in hollywood and that's how they kind of got into the positions that they are right now. And they both kind of just have to be sitting there this week and just being like, okay, how the fuck do we navigate out of this? <laughs> like, but they're uh, also surprisingly Jeremy Piven from uh, Entourage. Because they're supposed <laughs> to be, I think, Ari Emanuel. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> That is, it is fucking hysterical. You didn't know that? No. I didn't yeah. know that Ari Emanuel was the tie was Ari. the um the basis. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I forget who uh I heard that from, but I was like, oh shit, he's the inspiration for Entourage. And now I feel like I need to triple double lick the stamp on that. That that is one of the best characters in the history of television, though, without a question. Yeah. I, I I it's so hard to kind of, and I understand uh, Mr. Piven has some uh, allegations okay. against him and stuff like that. But here's the thing: I didn't yeah. know this. Do you know who his brother is, Ari Emanuel? No. Rom Emanuel. Get the fuck out of here. It's his brother. Holy shit. Because he's from Chicago. Yeah. Like everyone should be. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> if I could. Place that if, they get confused with a rooster. If I could. If it's not Boston. And well, this is where I would. If I could be from anywhere, it would fall into this category. Um, if Boston was not in the in the cards, it would either have to be 
New York or Chicago. Either one of those. Like, um, because Chicago to me has always been number one. I want to go there so bad to see the city. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's, um, it's worth it, man. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, my brother's uh, been there a bunch and he's told me how great it is. And I'm just like, I need to get there. Um, I'm in New York just because I feel like I have the personality of New York. So just, uh, I hate everything and miserable. (laughs) Well, you did support WWE all these years. Um, I, I, that's it is true from that perspective. Yeah, but I've also loved. I love it. I love wrestling in general. But I guess people could say, well, you don't love wrestling in general because it's not like you watch many indie events and all that stuff. And that may be true, but I don't even think you can name an indie. What a promotion or like a wrestler right now? Everything. Everything. <laughs> I follow Beyond. They're local in this area. They run um, the White Eagle Club in Worcester every Thursday. Um, they're bringing in Chris Statlander for a show in Boston around St. Patrick's Day, actually. And that's when oh. you were like, I'm not going to see that much show. <laughs> My daddy Cornette says N-O means no. Yes, I listen to Cornette. <laughs> that's daddy Cornette to you. Motherfucker. Um <laughs> I also listen to the Solid Monster. I listen to other podcasts like Don Tony. You probably listen to JD from Ben Y. Um, only when he really goes on like a ridiculous rant. Um, I can't Stephen Larson. I, 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 because the thing is, is that listening to we we've said it on this podcast before. We, There's so much wrestling on now, where it's just like it. You you need to have a life, like, and just times sometimes step away, and sometimes you listen to these people or other podcasters, and you listen to them and get their opinion, and not just one opinion, but several other people's opinion on it. I then you start you listen to AD from NY. I only listen I'm to him so on mad. occasion. It's not like it's not all the time. Not all I, the time. It's probably every fucking day. No, it isn't. I don't even sub to you... him. I don't even That's sub to him. That's crazy because you sub to everybody. Well, I sub to I sub to going in raw. I sub to fucking asshole. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it took you a good minute. Yeah, that took me a second. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> So I guess we can get right, Noob. So we're going in with the. So since we start out with sub, I guess we can start talking about this. Um, Shitting the elephant in the fucking room on this one. Nay, nay. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon shits on people. Um, that's not just creatively. I'm not surprised by any of it. 
Like, like you mean you're not surprised that Vince is the worst comic book, comic book uh, villain of all time? You also start going back and you start looking at things that have happened over history, and it's just like, oh yeah, that that everything starts clicking. Yeah, there's some weird dinks. Yeah, there's some weird dinks where it's just like, oh, the, the pieces are together on that one. Um, Let's talk about uh, the history on that, because I yeah. found from WrestleNomics.com a timeline of WWE sexual misconduct allegations oh against God. Vince McMahon. From 2022 on. These are recent. If you can even believe that that's a sentence to be uttered. January 28th, 2022. Janelle Grant, who is the person he is uh, accused of sex trafficking and uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, and S.A. and rape. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty terrible um, accusations. And we'll talk about that here, uh, obviously, as we catch up. But Janelle Grant signs a NDA re- releasing Vince McMahon and WWE from liability and agree not to disclose information about their relationship. According to an exhibit to the complaint, she later files in 2024. The agreement says McMahon will pay her $1 million within 10 days of the agreement, and 500000 on February 1st of each year beginning 2023 through 2026. March 3rd, 2022. In one of his last public appearances before news of the scandal breaks, Vince McMahon is interviewed on the Pat McAfee show for a rare sit-down video interview. March 30th, 2022. The WWE Board of Directors receives an anonymous email from a person who says they are a friend of a former WWE paralegal, Janelle Grant, disclosing a $3 million NDA McMahon made with Grant. Following alleged misconduct by McMahon in the WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis, the board begins an investigation into the matter in April. These facts are not yet known to the public. May 19th. 2022 stephanie mcmahon announces she's taking a temporary leave of absence from her role as wwe chief brand officer effective immediately she said she's taking leave to spend more time with her family she remains a wwe board member wwe president and chief revenue officer nick khan reportedly takes over most of her duties June 3rd, 2022, Business Insider reports Stephanie McMahon was replaced in her role as part of a decision made by Vince. 
in the days after the Business Insider article came out, uh, Fightful and F4W online both contradicted the report. June 15, 2022. Wall Street Journal reports Vince McMahon made a $3 million NDA with a former WWE paralegal. In quotes, revealed in a 2024 lawsuit to be Janelle Grant, who had sexual relationships with Vince and John Laurinaitis. The board finds McMahon made additional NDAs with other female WWE employees involving misconduct claims against McMahon and Laurinaitis. June 17, 2022. WWE announces Vince is stepping back as CEO and chairman on an interim basis for the duration of an investigation by the board of directors. Stephanie returns to company and becomes interim CEO and chairwoman. Vince remains head of creative. WWE announces he will appear on SmackDown that night. June 17, 2022. This is the evening. The other one was morning. Vince opens SmackDown and does a short Welcome to SmackDown promo. He doesn't make any reference to the scandal. And after he comes back through the curtain, he, shout, he shouts, Fuck him, according to Fightful. June 20th, 2022. Vince McMahon makes an unadvertised appearance on Raw. He advertises, or announces, I should say, John Cena will return to Raw the following week. He again doesn't reference the scandal. June 27th, 2022. He appears on Raw again to introduce John Cena. June July 3rd, 2022. <clears throat> Immediately after Money in the Bank in Las Vegas, Vince, Stephanie, Paul Levesque, and Pat McAfee appear on screen in the crowd at UFC 276, also in Las Vegas. July 6, 2022. Connor Schnell resigns from the WWE board. The WWE filing announcement... What? Excuse me. Let me repeat that. The WWE filing announcing... What? Okay, this is probably a comma. This should have been here. The WWE filing announcing his exit from the board says he's leaving because of an increased state of responsibilities resulting from his new expanded role at the newly formed The North Road Company. Shell's decision to resign is not due to any dispute or disagreement with the company. Mm -hmm. It's management or any matter relating to the company's operations, practices, or policies. July 8th, 2022. 
A second article from the Wall Street Journal reports Vince McMahon paid $12 million for NDAs across 16 years to four women who worked for WWE. As reported in June, McMahon agreed to pay $3 million to a former paralegal, and McMahon agreed to pay $7.5 million wrestler in 2018. The wrestler alleges she was coerced to give Vince McMahon oral sex, and when she rejected his subsequent advances, she was demoted, and later her contract wasn't renewed in 2005. Sounds like Krusty Hemme. Uh, yeah, that's, the NDA yeah. <clears throat> was made in 2018. The report also reveals three other NDAs. A WWE contractor came up to the company with unsolicited nude photos of McMahon that he sent her and allegedly sexually harassed her at work. McMahon agreed to a $1 million uh, hold on. It doesn't Whoever typed this needs to be reprimanded. McMahon agreed <laughs> to a $1 million NDA with the contractor in 2008. In 2006, McMahon agreed to another $1 million NDA with a former manager who worked at WWE for 10 years before McMahon allegedly started a sexual relationship with her, Sherry Martell. Um, do they have the dates What um, on that one? Uh, no, no, doesn't. Oh, okay. in 2008. Agreed to... Agreed to him. Yeah, no. What? In 2006, McMahon agreed to another $1 million NDA with a former manager okay. who worked at WWE for 10 years before McMahon allegedly started a sexual relationship with her. Uh, it could be Terry Runnels. There's a couple of names that could come to the uh, surface on that one. Could be. Was Terry still around in 2006, though? Um, I think she was around. She was around past 2001, 2002, three ish. So I don't know. Like I, I don't know the um, the exact dates. Like, um, yeah. Um, but she was there for a while. Uh, and two, I think she started in '96 or '95, and then. She was there for a while, at least a good seven or eight years. Okay. Um, okay. An NDA made in 2012 with a WWE employee who made misconduct claims against Laurinaitis was reached for one and a half mil. Hmm. The employee alleged she and Laurinaitis had an affair and he demoted her after ending the relationship. Laurinaitis himself is WWE around the time the NDA was agreed to. July 18th, 2022. Titus O'Neil opens Raw in a conspicuous segment talking about how his role as WWE brand ambassador. He says WWE provides a safe haven regardless of race, nationality, or economic status. Mm -hmm. 
July 22nd, 2022 morning, a WWE press release titled Paul Triple H Levesque is back. Announces Levesque is resuming his position as EVP of Talent Relations, seemingly taking over the duties of John Laurinaitis, who is out on administrative leave. Yep. July 22nd afternoon, Vince McMahon announces his retirement from WWE in all roles. He remains a controlling shareholder of the company. Shane McMahon and Nick Khan are named co-CEOs of WWE. You mean stuff? says in a statement, as I approach 77 years old, I feel it is time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE. I am extremely confident in the continued success of WWE, and I leave our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives. In particular, both chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO Nick Khan as the majority shareholder, I will continue to support WWE in any way I can. July 22nd, 2022, evening. At the SmackDown tape later that night, Brock Lesnar reportedly left the venue and was later convinced to return and appear on the program, according to multiple reports. Stephanie McMahon opens SmackDown by announcing Vince's retirement and leads the crowd in thanking him. (laughs) This is a long year. I wonder if they take that off the network. It's possible. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't. Because they didn't take uh, Benoit episode, did they? No, they haven't removed Benoit content. That's right. That's that's true. The only thing that July the, the only thing I think they've ever removed was that tribute episode they did for him. They yeah, that's that what I was right asking. Off. Did they remove yeah. that one? Yeah, that was that was completely wiped out. I'm sure it's around somewhere. Uh, July 25th, 2022, the Wall Street Journal reports the SEC and federal prosecutors are investigating Vince's NDA payments, which contributed to his decision to permanently resign from all roles. August 8th, PW Insider reports John Laurinaitis fired. August 9th, WWE discloses the company found two additional payments, totaling $5 million made by Vince, which should have been recorded as company expenses but weren't. WWE says these payments aren't related to allegations that led the board to start his investigation, well, start its, excuse me, investigation into sexual misconduct at the company. August 17th. The Wall Street Journal confirms our analysis that the additional $5 million in unrecorded expenses reported on August 9th were to the Trump Foundation in exchange for Donald Trump's appearances at WrestleMania in 2007 and two appearances on Raw in 2009. Mm. Those payments join the NDA payments uh, to women to total just over $17 million in expenses that should have been recorded as company expenses by WWE 
because they were intended to benefit the company, regardless of whether Vince was used or Vince, excuse me, Vince used personal funds for those payments. September 15th, Joellen Lyons Dillon and Michelle McKenna are added to the WWE board. On the same day, Erica Ayers Nardini resigns from the WWE board due to her need to focus on Barstool Sports, where she was serving as CEO following its recent acquisition by Penn Entertainment. Like Shell's exit, the WWE filing reported Ayers Nardini. Uh, her decision to leave the board was not due to any dispute or disagreement with the company. It's management relating to companies' operations, policies, or practices. November 2nd, 2022. WWE reports quarterly earnings and discloses the special committee investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct by Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and in the company culture has concluded. B, a lawyer for a lawyer, a lawyer, wow, a lawyer for Rita Chatterton sends Vince McMahon's lawyer, Jerry McDevitt, a letter demanding 11.75 million damages for allegedly raping her in 1986. November 22nd or, excuse me, November 2022, date unknown. A lawyer for a former spa manager sends Vince McMahon's lawyer, Jerry McDevitt, an email claiming McMahon assaulted her in 2011 at a California resort. December 13th, 2022, the Wall Street uh, Journal reports Vince McMahon has told people that he intends to make a comeback at WWE, according to people familiar with his comments. He has said that he has received bad advice from people close to him stepping or to step down, and that he now believes the allegations and investigations would have blown over had he stayed. December 20th, 2022. Vince writes a letter to the WWE board saying he needs to return to the company and explore a sale or merger, quote-unquote, strategic alternatives, coinciding with upcoming media rights renewals. He writes, quote, my retirement was intended to give the special committee, its independent counsel, and the rest of the board the time and space needed to understand and respond to the allegations. We must unify the company's decision-making regarding these two interconnected initiatives to fully capitalize on this unique opportunity. It is critical for me to rejoin the board as executive chairman to work alongside our management team in leading the exploration of strategic alternatives in media rights negotiations. And it is necessary to fulfill my commitment to doing what is best for WWE. December 27th, 2022. WWE's board writes an email to Vince in response to his letter, telling him the board members are in unanimous agreement that he shouldn't 
return to WWE. Membership at this time includes executive members who are also full-time WWE employees. Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Paul Levesque, as well as independent members who are not WWE employees. Steve Coonan, Jeffrey Speed, Alan Wexler, Manjeet Singh, Ignace? No, maybe it might be Ignace. Lahoud. Sounds right. Yeah. Um, Michelle McKenna and Joellen Lyons Dillon. The board says that they have a shareholder demand letter urging them to sue Vince, but will sign an agreement not to sue him if he re- if he agrees not to return to the company and repay the com- the company for the cost of the investigation. The board collectively writes, although we welcome your participation in the launch of a strategic alternatives review process, it is our unanimous view that your return to the company at this time, while government investigations into your conduct by the U.S. Attorney's Office and SEC are still pending, would not be prudent from a shareholder value perspective. That's, I, oh man, I hate how government, no, fucking corporations word their things. Literally, it's like, nah, it's dude. dog shit. It's dog shit. It's the worst. The determination is based on very a variety of factors, including non-public information the board has become aware, aware of and the risks to the company and its shareholders of placing a greater spotlight on these issues. December 31st, 2022. Vince responds to the board's email, also in writing, saying he won't approve of any company transaction or media rights deal unless he returns to WWE. Quote, unquote, it is surprising that you did not address what I had sought to make clear in my letter, namely that we have a unique but narrow window of opportunity to maximize shareholder value. The only way to fully capture that opportunity is by having me, the company's founder and controlling shareholder, return as executive uh, chairman at this critical time. I would like to be clear that unless I have direct involvement and input as executive chairman from the outset, I will not support or approve any media rights or strategic transaction. That's the end of 2022. Dan? Um, we all thought we got rid of them. I mean, for uh, that's when things really started to get going creatively. Um, when they had a plan in place. And then, but we all knew kind of that he was going to somehow weasel his way back in. Uh the big thing for them was the fact that he used company funds to pay for these NDAs, um, which I think that that was why it was an SEC violation. Uh, government was looking into it. The boy, they pretty much said they're like, we don't want you to come back, but he strong armed his way back in because he had controlling power, nothing they could have done about it. And he, weaseled his way back in 
And, you know, it was a very turbulent first few months. Uh, the month of January was really scary at certain points. Uh, we're a possible sealed sale to organizations that we did a whole episode on where we were just sitting here. We're just like, no, not them, anybody but them. <laughs> uh, Stephanie uh, left, hasn't returned since. She she left completely, which makes me think that. Um, well, we haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, but that's coming around the corner. But chronologically, 2022, uh, I mean, some of these could be, you know, reaches, but they, it's, it all seems fairly uh, cut and dry now that we know what we know. Yep. Um, Straight uh, facts. Very weird, a lot of it, obviously. Uh, Triple H leaving when he did and Steph leaving when she did. Yep. Um weird if they didn't know i think that's originally why stephanie kind of resigned in the first place because she probably got educated on what had happened like independent investigations this was going on in march i mean it's funny that uh all this kind of got kicked up and that was right around the time of wrestlemania you know he goes out and has a match actually takes the worst stunner cell of all time um but yeah i mean it was and then you find now when the allegations came out though i I remember just being like he'll beat it he always does and then things just started growing and um it wasn't a story that was going away either like it was still out there it was out there lingering for like three or four months no one was saying much about it. You know, it was to the point where Vince had to step down as chairman. It was just those, those raw appearances and those SmackDown appearances were so weird. Um, but I bet a lot of those people now that were cheering for him, those nights are just looking at themselves. Like, am I a bad person? Uh, <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, exactly. If you cheered him and you were just like, yeah, Vince beat him. Yeah, well, maybe maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror these days because, uh, wow, like just talk about an unbelievable, like surreal piece of, of WWE footage is going to be that too. Like just watching him in his final like moments is kind of a quote unquote hero uh, to, to many um at least on camera and you know it it, 2023 started out very interesting because he somehow gets back somehow strong harms his way back in and then the year just gets more and more interesting thought i got out they They pulled me back in yeah Oh man. All right. So January 5, 2023. Using his controlling vote power. So let's let's go through December 31st, January 5th. Okay, that was how quick that negotiation went. Um he strong arms his way back into the board. 
using his voting power. He 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 just comes in, does a guerrilla takeover. Uh, and he also brings back George Barrios and Michelle Wilson back to the board with him. Some would say it was an insurrection. That's true. <laughs> he was invincible. Genetic fucking jacket. Uh, January 6th, next day, Ignace, Lahoud, and Manjit Singh resign from the board. They're doing the uh, Pursue Strategic Alternatives uh, now. Um, Stephanie, Nick, and Frank Riddick hold an all-staff meeting to explain Vince's return. Tells him about the sale. Opportunity. The 10th. It's the longest five days of January. Stephanie McMahon permanently resigns as co-CEO of WWE and as chairwoman of the company's board of directors. Everything is just moving fast. January 19, uh, Wall Street Journal reports Vince McMahon and Rita Chatterton have agreed to a multi-million dollar settlement. For an amount less than the million, eleven million, that she was seeking. A new employment contract is filed with the SEC for Vince McMahon, making him an employee again retroactively beginning on January 9th, twenty twenty three. The employment contract promises promises him. That if there is a company transaction is closed, that results in the change of control for WWE, uh, he gets a $2.4 million lump sum, plus his incentive bonus would be doubled and paid up front. April 3rd, 2023 morning, Endeavor, uh, parent company of UFC, and WWE announced that WWE and UFC will merge. The agreement was finalized the day prior. Vince, with his uh, renegotiation to sell, owns 16% of the new company, which turned out to be TKO. So not much. He can't make any decisions, uh, which they come out and they're very honest about. Uh, you know, it's kind of like this whole let's calm everyone down about Vince McMahon being on the board of directors for TKO as the executive chairman, but he can't make any voting power. So it's a figurehead role. Um, let's see. April 3rd, 2023. This is that evening. Vince McMahon, who hasn't frequently attended TV since July 2022, is at that Monday's Raw. 
and makes heavy changes to the TV taping following WrestleMania. So this is the, the infamous run to WrestleMania. Um, Vince McMahon, this is Jan July 21st. We're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, oh, well, actually, let's do this one, too. July 17th, 2023. Federal law enforcement agents executive assert, execute a search warrant and serve a federal grand jury subpoena on Vince McMahon, according to WWE's quarterly earnings report. So, comes back in January, announces a sale in April, and then in July gets subpoenaed. Huh. Uh, Vince McMahon couple days later begins medical leave to have spinal surgery. Uh, August 2nd, he says that he denies any wrongdoing. Well, he denies any intentional wrongdoing. Um, and he's confident that the investigation, the government's investigation, will be resolved without any findings. Because you paid them off. Um, September 12th, the merger closes. Uh, this is when they announced the company's name as TKO. TKO announces a special one-time dividend of 386 per share scheduled to be paid on September 29th, 2023. Vince McMahon holds 28.8 million shares at the time and is therefore due to receive a dividend payment of 11 111 million yeah 100 111 million former board member ignace uh lahoud tells the la times that vince mcmahon's return wasn't aligned with my way of seeing what governance is explaining his resignation from the board earlier that year. There was a misalignment with what my values are. September yeah, September 21st. NBC announces SmackDown moving to USA. Uh, I don't know why that's even on here. This is when November 7th they announced NXT. Going to the CW. I again don't know why I said why, why is that there? Uh, <laughs> but uh, this year ends with November 9th, 2023. Vince McMahon announces uh, he will sell 8.4 million shares in TKO. When the transaction completes a few days later, he sells the share for an average of 76.41 a share and receives net proceeds. Of six hundred and forty-one million. <laughs> After this transaction, he holds twenty more million shares. About twelve percent of the company's stock before the sale, he held sixteen percent. So he sold four percent of it. And then this year, we have January twenty-third, twenty-four. Dwayne Johnson is announced as. Being added to the board of directors. Uh, 
<laughs> Netflix and WWE announced a 10-year deal for Monday Night Raw. And January 25th, two days later, is when this is um, announced that the NDA between Vince and who we now know as Janelle Grant was broken and that she would be filing a lawsuit in federal court uh, in Connecticut against Vince, former WWE executive John Laurinaitis, and WWE as a whole. She accuses Vince of, self, of sex trafficking and seeks to have the court declare her NDA, which she signed in January 2022, unenforceable. The complaint contains numerous graphic allegations, or yeah, graphic allegations of sexual assault by McMahon or an itis in incidents that occurred from 2019 to 2022 some of which took place at WWE's headquarters. He says McMahon used her sexually as part of a contract negotiation with a WWE talent describing a lawsuit as former UFC champion, but not specifically. <laughs> the Wall Street reports that the talent referenced is Brock Lesnar. Grant claims multiple WWE executives knew about the abuse she was subjected to and did nothing to intervene. She expressed that she wasn't interviewed and documents weren't requested from her for the board's investigation despite her later expressing she was willing to cooperate. <laughs> Former board member Jeffrey Steed tells the New York Times later that day I remain confident in our investigation, which included outreach to Ms. Grant and engagement with her lawyer. TKO provides a statement while the matter predates our TKO executive team's tenure as a company take horrific allegations seriously and address it and are addressing this matter internally. Mr. McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day -day operations for WWE. A spokesman for McMahon gives the statement saying this lawsuit is complete with lies. I've seen made-up instances that never occurred and a vindictive distortion of the truth. He will vigorously defend himself. Mid-afternoon of January 26th, Slim Jim confirms they're withdrawing as a presenting sponsor of the Royal Rumble, which happened the next night. That night, Vince McMahon instead resigns. Um, to an all-staff email from WWE President Nick Khan. He writes, I want to inform you that Vince has tendered his resignation. Okay. Morning. Or, the, sorry, the day before, right? He's going to defend himself, vigorously defend himself. Yep. That day, that night. <laughs> 12 hours later. Yeah, I'm done. Um, yeah, a day and a half later. Slim Jim's fucked him again. Just like when they left to go with Macho Man to WCW. Like... Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> Um, right, let's see here. So he still intends that 
to vigorously defend himself. Yeah. Just he won't be doing it as a representative. Of go fuck yourself. Just go fuck yourself. You're done. It's over. January it's 27th, over. Slim Jim comes back. Of course they do. Of course. Pretty much just saying, look, you got to do something. Okay, you did enough. Let's do. Let's get back together. Like you know, it's he's the. It's very nice job narrating that. By the way, to kind of get everybody kind of caught up on this situation. Oh, we're not so, going There's a couple more bullet points here. I, I, yeah. As long as we don't go in the details of shit, you know, like let's not go yes. into the weeds of that. Uh, no, no. Um. Following the Royal Rumble, Paul Levesque, and this is going to go briefly into more detail about something we talked about earlier, uh, appears at the usual post-show press conference and takes questions from the media. He declines to say what prior knowledge he had of any of these allegations raised by Janelle Grant when asked what the company is doing to ensure people in WWE can't take advantage of underlings. He says everything possible, but doesn't get into uh, specifics when asked if he'd read the lawsuit filed by, or if he'd read, sorry, the lawsuit filed by Grant, he says he hasn't and wishes people to focus on the positive news of the new Netflix deal and, and the success of that night's event. January 29th, John Laurinaitis, stepfather to Nikki and Brie Garcia, formerly known as Nikki and Brie Bella, in WWE, uh, the twins make a public statement. We are shocked and disheartened with the recent allegations against members of the WWE. It has been a lot to process since we found out this past week, just as you all did. This is something we don't stand for or condone from anyone, no matter who they are. We want all women to feel safe and supported in the workplace and in their everyday lives. And February 1st, which is today, um, John Laurinaitis' lawyer, Edward Brennan, tells Vice News that Laurinaitis is a victim to, quote unquote, Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations of the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. But like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out dot 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 count how many times in that complaint vince exerts control over both of them that's it i've never liked laranitis he always came off to me as a fucking creep so this this i'm glad that his shitty fucking tenured career you know, is pretty much in tatters. Um, he was kept around way too long by that company. And now we know why. Because he was into the perverse shit that Vince pretty much cultivated in that environment. So, Yeah, I mean... Where do fish rot from? The top down, right? So, there's a lot there. Um, 
I really feel sick even talking about it. To be honest, it's terrible. It's it, it's awful. Like I, I reading it the other day was, um, again I was on vacation, and I'm so Thursday when everything broke, I was busy traveling, and Friday I had a couple of minutes where I was able to read some stuff. And I was with my folks were with me on the trip, and I'm just like, I feel even horrible reading this while they're in the fucking room. They don't even know what I'm reading. And I'm just like, what am I reading? Like, fuck. <laughs> it, 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 there are things that there have been many tests as wrestling fans um, about you know, with the, the premature deaths and all this stuff, you know, the Chris Benoit thing where we thought about packing it in. This was another time where it was just like, is he even fucking worth this? You know, cause it's just, it's, it's cause he, it represents everything of a bygone era. Cause I know how shitty this business used to be at times with how they handled women kids even just horrible even men everybody um we can go to the grizzly smith day story we can talk about the pat patterson allegations even though i don't think there was another guy involved terry garvin which and mel phillips those two guys were kind of the ringleaders of that situation pat was kind of thrown into it because of the fact that he was almost openly gay. Uh, and there was a negative stereotype kind of put on back then. But at the same time, I don't fucking know at this point. Like, I can't, I don't want to besmirch the dead. I don't like doing that. But the way that this all came out, all these questions and all these theories that people have, there's now more predication to it. Now there's more, uh, I mean, one big one. One big one that no one ever talks about. Well, no, that's not true because I think in recent years it's kind of gotten to bubbled to the surface. Um, and there's always been this kind of smoke and kind of a, under the cloak and dagger. Something had happened. Um, the Ashley Massaro situation. <laughs> That's a big one. We don't, and that is a, there were allegations made that there was an incident that happened on one of the tributes of the troops um, specials. Apparently the military may or may not have been involved, even though now this might have more decree that this could have been no military and was involved in that situation whatsoever. Um, but Ashley's mental health took a, she went through some massive PTSD led to her suicide in recent years. And so you have all that now, and that story is probably going to get some more legs if we find more information out. Um, I don't expect Vince to be like the first head to roll. I expect there's going to probably be a few others that maybe are lingering around. Maybe Bruce Pritchard. I don't know. 
Um, maybe Triple H even, because certain people might just be like, we need to get rid of everybody that was even in range of that. Um, it's terrible. It's a terrible situation. It's a terrible black mark to the wrestling industry. Um, and someone could argue, well, it's not really the wrestling industry when it's literally the most successful promoter in the history of the industry. Being involved in things that I honestly believe every thing that has been written. I'm not surprised considering the person that you're dealing with. It's just the fact of that you hoped that it wasn't this bad, but you're not surprised that it is this bad. And that's the best way I can put it. Um, unfortunately, now, all his creative kind of goodwill and the fact that he could have made an argument to have a statue built for him and all this stuff. That's all gone. It's done. No one's going to want to deal with this any longer. Yes. Does he deserve credit? Yes. But that's it. Like you put it at like the very end of that book. You don't want to deal with this. It's just, it's horrible. Everything, every accusation, everything over the years that you kind of just written off or just said, oh, that went away. They're all in play now. Everything, every person, every accusation, every story, all of it most likely is true. Allegedly. But I'm fairly confident that there's going to be more to this there's going to be more days we're going to be sitting here and just being like, are you fucking serious? This only scratches the surface. I mean, it's like fucking, it's like the end of Miramax with the Weinsteins. You know, it's like, this is not exactly the position that you want to be in. Uh, for your fandom or anybody that works in that company at the moment, because for all the good that they do um, for people, this is just the dirt, the dark and dirty shit that has lingered over in this business for years. Hopefully this ends it. Hopefully like the industry now will never get this, bad again where you have this oligarch just running everything with so much power and so much moral decrepity and yeah I feel like that's the best I can kind of comment on it because I don't want to go too far because it's just, you don't want to think about it. You don't want to know what has gone on. I don't want to know how far it's gotten. I just don't. Um, I'm sure we'll find out in recent months. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 worse than you could imagine, and that's the unfortunate. It's not the unfortunate thing; it's just the reality of the situation. A lot of lives got ruined by this fucking guy, not just in the locker room, but boardroom wise. Um, and he took people's dignity, self-respect, everything, and it's absolutely terrible absolutely terrible and there's nothing you can say to kind of you know but no no the allegate there there are allegations in uh AEW right now unfortunately with chris jericho um but you hope that this this kind of ends the industry ends that that the the dark really dark 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 days are over where this shit just no pun intended keeps happening that's all i got to say on that and on that i think we'll end this uh because i don't think there's anything more that we can say so no dan you have any last words Finish the fucking story, Cody. For the love of it. You know, like, we really... It's put up or shut up time right now. It's like, you can't go back to back and lose. It has to be... Because we all hated it last year. I hated it. You hated it. We all second-guessed it. We all said, this is bullshit. They have a chance this year to kind of bring it back. Because he can't survive a loss like this again. He can't do it. He can't go back to back. Like, it has to be done. He beats Roman Reigns. Even if Dwayne comes out and doesn't help him beat Roman, but at least causes uh, the fact that at least negates Solo and Jimmy Uso from interfering. So it's just straight up one-on-one. I'll live with that. I'll live with that. So my final words for this week. Uh, we'll take you all the way back to the year 2000 in WCW. This was a post from our sister site. Uh, wrestling's is that Dan also writes for. Hugh Morris comes out on Slambery 2000. <laughs> And cuts a promo about how he won't be Hugh Morris anymore because Bischoff gave it to him so he could look stupid. He announces his real name. Hugh, that's H-U-G-H, middle initial G, last name Erection, R-E-C-T-I-O-N. But you can call him Captain Rection. <laughs> WCW. Thank you, John, for making the for closing the show on a hilarious note. There we go. <laughs> Got to end it on a dick joke. <laughs> <laughs>